in five, four, three, two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right, all right, all right. All right. Welcome, to everybody. It is Tuesday, February 6th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're coming to you from the world-famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in always lovely Louisville, Kentucky. Cards fans, if you're looking to advance your career but you don't want to interrupt it, the UofL, uh, UofL's 20-month professional MBA is the perfect program for you it's designed specifically for busy working professionals. You can combine the experience of a top-rated program with the convenience of in-person evening classes that accommodate your schedule. Connect with industry experts, expand your professional network, and hone your business acumen. Get started today and earn your MBA. The first step is visiting business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today from uh, 3.06 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, Streaming all over the planet Earth and beyond. You know it's better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford here with you on a fantastic Tuesday. Fantastic. Great Monday night of, of basketball. Not as great as we would have liked on the women's side. We'll talk about that. Uh, great game on the men's side to get into. Heart of college basketball season coming down. Cards on the men's side. Not really involved. But, again, a one-game winning streak that has everybody buzzing as we dive into the heart of February, the sunny weather has everybody feeling good. I'm feeling good. Justin Kalen, a.k.a. Scooter Dingus, is feeling not great. Uh, but but he is back here today playing through the pain. He abandoned us at the last second yesterday, left me talking to myself for three hours. I apologize for that. He apologizes even more. Scoots, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm okay. I, I, and I want to apologize for yesterday. You I, don't need to. I, you're, you're, I, I was being well, facetious. I mean, you're, I guess you're, you're, you're sick. I guess Trey didn't pass that along that I was under the weather. Yeah, I, I was not feeling great. Still not feeling all that great. But I'm here battling through. As you mentioned, playing hurt today. So I, I'm here. I'm I'm ready to ready to talk some sports. I am sad, however, though, because as you all have heard by now, Toby Keith gone. Yeah, my. All-time favorite. I mean, that's when I when I think back to why I'm into country music the way I am into country music, it's because of Toby Keith. I mean, Toby Keith and Alabama were like what I grew up on. So, yeah, re- really sad day for me. It, it is sad. I mean, I woke up to the news. Friends had texted it in. And, you know, Toby, if you listen to the show, you know, like you and I, my wheelhouse is like early 90s country. There was a period in my childhood where my mom was listening to country music. And so I know all those those people. So I wasn't as much with the modern Toby Keith, but old school Toby Keith, the should have been a cowboy, wish I didn't know now what I didn't know then. Mm-hmm. Like those songs, 
definitely jams, definitely a big fan of. If you play Should Have Been a Cowboy anywhere now, even at this age, like I'm going to belt it out. And it was very, it's sad to see anybody pass, but especially somebody, I'd forgotten actually that he had stomach cancer. So I wake up, I see the the headlines, you know, dead at 62, and I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, what happened? And then I'm sure it's one of those things that I did know when it came out in the fall of 2021, I guess, or it was early 2022 when he announced it. But I, I'd forgotten that he was dealing with that. And then you see pictures of him recently, and he, he looks just horrible. Yeah, not not great. And you realize uh, just how how much he had deteriorated. But very, very sad news for sure. Um, yeah, my, my friends were like, you can play Toby on the show today? And I was like, I guarantee Scoot's going to play Toby. Oh, on the show I've, I've got Toby lined up. Don't you worry. You all probably might get tired of Toby this week because I think I'll have to do it on Thursday as well with how big he was for me. And. I can warn you ahead of time, there's probably going to be a lot of singing coming out of me as well. I already, already warned Bill, who's in the studio across the way from us. I was like, hey, I know I'm normally quiet or on the quieter side, but uh, today I'm going to be belting some Toby. So I g- think, gave him a forewarning. I, I think Bill's used to it. I mean, we used to be in the studio right next to him, and those, uh-huh. those walls are pretty thin. Like You could definitely hear each other. And, and I sing a lot on the show, Yeah, and Trevor would sing a lot too. And there were definitely times where we would just be belting out like, I don't know, like I'll be Edwin McCain. <laughs> You're shining, and I was like, I'm like, well, I wonder what Bill's thinking right now. So he's used to it. He probably will hear it less than he would have back in the day. Maybe so, yeah. But it was, yeah, it d- definitely sad news. Definitely. This, by, the, by the way, if anybody wants to ride with me on this, I'm doing a Toby Keith parlay tonight. I've got Oklahoma State plus twenty and a half because they're the Cowboys. You've got Wyoming plus ten and a half because they're the Cowboys, and then you got Oklahoma minus one and a half because that was Toby's team. So I'm calling Ooh. it the Toby Parlay. That's what I'm rolling with tonight. Who is Wyoming playing tonight? Wyoming is playing New Mexico. Oh, the Lobos. Yeah, but Wyoming's what's at home. Sp- what's the spread? Ten and a half. I, I, yeah. I don't. I don't mind that. I don't love it. Oklahoma State twenty and a half is just way too many. Oklahoma State's not very good. They're not. But where are they playing? To- they're at Houston. <laughs> Eh, but I mean, Toby's going to pull us through, Mike. Don't you worry. I, I mean, I, I love the idea. I, I, I'm not going to join you on the bet, but I do love the idea. Hopefully, I, I, you never know. Toby Magic may be in the air tonight. I'm hoping. We'll find out. There was a point today where I checked uh, Twitter, the, the, the top trending topics. And out of the 30 that were trending, 29 were about Toby Keith. And then it was just Drake. And I was like, oh, why is Drake t- trending? And then I regretted looking into why Drake was trending pretty quickly. I won't look into it then. Don't don't worry. I mean, I mean, I can tell you. I don't know if I want to know. With the there's way a leaked video. There's a leaked video of Drake playing with himself out there. Mm, yeah, no one needs. To see and that. it was very. I, I was like, this is pure Americana right now. We have 29 out of 30 trending topics about Toby Keith who just passed away, and then one about a guy who had a leaked video of himself masturbating. That's uh, the very very America. Props to us for, for just staying on brand. I was like, good lord. Speaking of very non-America. One of the things I have trending right now is tornado warning. Have you seen that? No. Do you know where? Any guess where here. that's for? I'm going to guess somewhere in the Midwest. Uh, incorrect. California. Really? These guys just been got pelted with what ten inches of rain, and now they're getting tornadoes. What where, is happening? Where in California? SoCal. Uh, looks like in the eastern part of the state. Well, I mean, it's a it's a long state. That's uh, San see. Diego. San Diego. Yeah. There you go. That's shocking. Tornado in San Diego is outrageous. Yeah. I mean, on top of all the rain these that the they just times. got. These, these are the end times. We're <laughs> like, what is going on? It's over. Um, well, Scoots, we're happy to have you back. I, I know you're, you're you're playing through the pain today. We missed you yesterday. I got to watch a lot of the uh, NASCAR full speed on Netflix, so that was cool. I, are they do, is that 
there's like a NASCAR documentary, like all the ones they're there doing. Yep. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I saw that Full Swing, they have the release date out. Mm-hmm. Season two is coming out pretty soon, which I'm excited about. That'll be fun. Um, curious to see who looks good and who looks bad this year. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll eat all those up. I have not, I did not know there was a NASCAR one. I'll yeah. probably watch. I've got was, no real interest in NASCAR. It was pretty good. Watch it. It, it is pretty good. It gives you like an insight of the rivalries and how. It, the one thing that I really found interesting is Denny Hamlin. You know the name Denny Hamlin. Sure. He races for Gibbs Racing, but he owns his own team with Michael Jordan. That 2311 team, they own together. So he's racing against two guys every single week that he's the owner of. So it puts him in some pretty That's precarious wild. positions. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It is very, very interesting. Now, I You'd to, enjoy it. I have to bring this up because we brought it up yesterday while you weren't here. I'm very concerned about the Scoots Gill relationship. It's all good. No need for concern. I you say that. Look, I've lived long enough. I've had a uh, you know, I, I've had friends long enough to kind of see where when cracks develop, you know, you think that you've got friends who are in the perfect relationship, they're the perfect couple, and then they kind of the first step is they make a couple of just remarks to you in private mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, you know, oh, I heard um your, your your boyfriend cleaned the house o- over the weekend. I would love if mine did the same thing. Like just so, something like that to me. Like, uh, like how, how do you get him to do that, or how do you get her to do that for you? Like something just innocuous, like, like seemingly harmless, and then you move on. And you're like, hmm, dropping some hints that maybe it's not as perfect as they look on Instagram or Facebook. Mm-hmm. The next step is making vague, passive aggressive references on social media, where it's like, I just all men are evil or something like that on your Instagram story or all women are evil, something like that. Or just, just something that you're like, Ooh, that seems weird, but he, but they want people to know that something's going on here. And you did that over the weekend. I did. You made a, it wasn't really passive. It was pretty straightforward. Although you did say it would be nice if others helped out as if you live with more than one person, <laughs> which was the best part of the entire thing. But you made a reference to you've been working all day. You came home. Gil had not cleaned at all. The house was a mess. And then he finally helped the last like five to ten minutes, which I guess was better than nothing. But I'm the next step in all this is you go to their their social media. All of a sudden, they've they've mysteriously deleted all the pictures <laughs> with the other person. If Gil just, I know you're not on Instagram, but if if Gil, are you not on? Are you? I on, thought we followed each other, but maybe not. We're Facebook friends, I think. I thought we. Uh, I think you got that backwards. Oh, really? I think we're friends on Instagram, not Facebook. Is that what it is? Yeah, because I don't get on Facebook as much. I don't either, but for some reason I thought we were friends. Um, Well, we're friends in real life, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters. (laughs) But I do not follow you on – we don't follow each other on on Instagram. Oh, maybe I am. Maybe you were right. You're private. I I, I feel weird asking people. (laughs) (laughs) Only if they ask me. Uh, But if I start looking at your Instagram – and all of a sudden, the re- all the references to Gil just like start being deleted. Then I'll know like that's the last sign. It's over. It's done. They're moving on. And we're at step two right now, and I'm very concerned that we're teetering on, on the verge of step three. So no, did, I mean, did you hear my explanation on KRC at I all? I did not. I'm sorry. Okay, so it was basically just a culmination of all my whole day, just not not ideal. I mean, I wake up Sunday morning, I've got the scratchiness in my in the back of my throat. I'm not feeling all that great. Had to work at 7 a.m., which always blows on a Sunday morning. So I, I did my whole seven to three shift. My replacement who's supposed to get there at three doesn't show up till about three twenty. So mm. I, I'm irritated at that point because I was ready to go at three. I was actually ready to go before three. I was hoping it was one of the days she'd get there early, but that was not the case. Gets there 20 minutes late. So I, I end up leaving 
3.30 or so, and I get home, pull in the driveway, and I have all these sticks in my front and backyard that I've wanted to pick up for a couple weeks now. Really should have done it on Saturday, but I get out of my car on Sunday, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to pick up these sticks now. So I go pick up all the sticks in the yard, had to make like 20 trips. I mean, there, there were so many. And I finally get done with that, go to walk in the house, door's locked. Mm. And that tells me right then that Gil has not left the house mm. all day because I lock the bottom part of the door when I leave. So if it's still locked when I get home, I know he hasn't he hasn't left all day, which that always makes me envious. And I'm always like, eh, that, that, that'd that be cool if I could do that on a Sunday one time, you know? Sure. And so I unlock the door, walk in. We've got another door that separates before you get into the house. Open that. He's on the couch sleeping. Kill. Snoozing. Like nap time, the best nap time of all time snoring the whole deal so that like pushes me over the edge and i start looking around and i'm like man there is so much to do in this house and here he is probably hasn't got off the couch but three times today so it was just a culmination of all that and i was i was already irritable because i'm sick and i hate when i'm sick and but it's all good i you you kind of ruined it for me yesterday i've got to be honest with you because he doesn't have twitter so Mm. when i posted that it was just like that's my way to vent without him knowing and then, I mean, that's kind of on me not knowing or not realizing like, hey, I, I do radio. This might be part of the conversation. So I was able to avoid it. I don't think, well, when we talked about it on K- KRC yesterday, we talked about it after eight. He goes to work at eight. So I'm like, all right, we're all in the clear. He still doesn't know. We're, it's just going to be water under the bridge. So you're worried about a confrontation. Yes and no. I mean, there's it's, yes. it's not going to be a big confrontation, even if there is one. But I'm not a very confrontational person, so that's that's kind of where the trouble lies. I don't I don't really like that stuff at all. So did you? So you didn't address this? Did you do the passive aggressive thing where you just started cleaning very loudly? You're like, no, you're like, you're like banging trash no. cans. You like unru- you get a new trash bag out. And you just shake it super loud to make sure that everybody in the house hears. That no, you're, I mean you're doing that, work. That's just not that's not how I am. So no, I didn't go about it that way. But you single handedly ruined it for me yesterday. Thank you. When I clicked on the Rutherford podcast, I just wanted to make sure it was the appropriate <laughs> length and Trey got all that he should. And I just basically was checking on Trey. Well, then I got hooked and I started listening, listened to probably the first 20 minutes. And then here it is. You bring up the whole situation, <laughs> read the text word for word. So I had the awkward thing of having to pause my phone because he's sitting right next to me at this point. And I had to pause my phone and look at him. And I'm like, I didn't tell you about that, did I? <laughs> and he has to, uh, which of course I know I didn't tell him about it. So he has to hit me with a no. And I was like, yeah, well, I had to just play it off. Like, it's all good. I was just frustrated. It's, did we not talk we're about fine. this? Yeah. Did we not, did we not talk yeah. about this? It was, so yeah, you ruined it for me, but it's all good. Man, we're I'm sorry. Water under the bridge at this point. I hope he's listening right now. Gil, is, step it up. He is not. He doesn't get out of step work until 4.30. So I'm, I'm good here. Appreciate this man. Or you're gonna be looking for a new roommate in five months. I've TJ seen this, I've did seen this happen me. before. TJ did ask me this morning what he is on the one to ten scale of like ten. I just cannot live with this guy anymore. And I, I mean, I had to hit him with a four. Oh, I, mean, I did. I just, I, I, I was thinking you were, gonna go, you were going to go like seven. It seems like you guys oh, have no, a great no, no, relationship no. together. No, 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 no. Yeah, we're no. Everything else is great. I just, I just wish he was four is low. I just wish he was OCD as me in terms of cleaning up. You can't want your partner to be you, okay? Well, it's not my partner, first of all. So it's basically your. Partner. I, I can't. I can't be wishing for all that. But I just. I don't know. There's something. Something about coming home to a clean house just makes you feel good after I a get long that. day. 
I mean, yeah. when I came home on Sunday and it was just a disaster. I mean, it looked like a tornado came through. I mean, Shout I, out San Diego. I don't remember the feeling of coming home to clean houses anymore now that I have two kids that, that are, that's are true. under yeah. the age of, of four. I mean, we had, you know, every now and then we have a, a, a cleaning person who comes and like does a quick like little run through while we're, we're working and taking the kids to school and stuff. And so the house looks nice for like 20 minutes. And the kids come, especially on Tuesdays. She comes, she comes on Tuesdays every like once a month. And Tuesdays is also the day where we have all three kids coming home at the same time from school. Mm. My, my two kids and my niece. And it takes about, I don't know, 30 seconds for them to like dump toys out and like, you know, the coats are on the floor, backpacks. And it's just like, you try. You're like, once we're done with one playing Barbies, like we put those back and then we get the, we get the magnet tiles out, then we got to put those back. And it just it, invariably, it becomes a disaster very quickly. And that's. I mean that's a different I miss situ- it. that's a different situation though. We I mean, just don't we- have enough, a big enough house. Like we don't have like a, we have a basement, but like we don't like half their toys are upstairs because the basement gets to be a wreck with storage and stuff. And we we just don't have a big enough place for them to play and like make that their designated play area. So our living room just kind of becomes the play area, which is annoying. But you you do what you got to do. I mean, if I had kids or even a dog, I would. I, I don't think I'd be so sensitive about it. But I mean, it's just us two, two grown men in their mid thirties. Like we can pick up after ourselves and make this place look respectable every day. I get it. I mean, I mean, I lived in a, you know, when I was in my, I guess it was mid to late twenties. Uh, I lived in a house with uh, two of my friends. You know, we were all like in our like 25, 26, 27, 28. And we kept the house really clean. Like it was always clean. We we all were kind of on the same page where it was like, you know, we're we're past the the, the frat house days. We're past the like very early twenties living all alone for the first time, like just beer cans everywhere type days. And so, you know, we had people over a decent amount. We always cleaned up. It was just an unspoken agreement. Like, you know, you, you just do what you can. Keep the place nice. And it was, uh, it was, you felt like more of an adult living. I, I understand. I, I'm more on your side than I'm on Gil's side here. Help out when you can help out. Come I mean, on. I'm sure. I, I'm sure I have my faults as well, but that that one just drives me nuts. We've got uh, we, we've got a lot to get to today. We, we'll have some college basketball nuggets to talk about. We have some uh, some leftover thoughts on the Louisville men's basketball side. We'll talk about the women's game last night against NC State uh, football. We have a date for the spring game that's going down. Big time NCAA news with a you know our athletes going to be declared as employees across the the entire landscape of college sports. We Got the first domino for that falling yesterday. Uh, we can get to that. We've got new odds on Kenny Payne's job security coming out today. And then coming up here in about eight minutes, we're going to talk to Louisville Bats manager Pat Kelly. Believe it or not, Bats baseball right around, around the, the corner. Right around the corner. Yeah. We are your home with the Louisville Bats once again this season. Uh, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to you know maybe getting off 30 minutes early for some of these shows. It's, a, it's always uh, oh, new. Sometimes I don't hate those long bats games. I know you and Trevor didn't didn't love it, but sometimes for me, it was, oh, if I'm producing it was a little for, bit nice. If I'm producing for the bats, no minimum three hours. The, that game's <laughs> gonna go. It was every single. I think I did ten to twelve bats games last year, and every one of them went over three hours. The bats came out with their promotional calendar today, so you can you know, even if you're not a big baseball fan, but it's good to take the kiddos out. There's fun stuff going on at Slugger Field the entire season. Circle some dates on the calendar. I know they're going to have a, another one of those movie nights. They're going to have all sorts of fun stuff for the kiddos. Uh, it's going to be a, a fantastic year out there at Slugger Field. Thunder over Louisville, always a big deal. They don't play a game this year on Thunder over Louisville, mm-hmm. but they still have a lineup of concerts and all-day activities going on at Slugger. It's the best place to watch the fireworks. So we'll talk with Pat Kelly. It also should be an exciting season. Yeah, I, I mean, last year, nobody played more rookies than the Cincinnati Reds, which is fun for the fans of the parent club, but – 
when you're at the AAA level, you're constantly shuffling players back and from Cincinnati and also bringing up guys from AA and just it felt like they never really had stability. And this year, I, I think you're probably going to have you know, more of those guys who were, were rookies last year who are going to be second-year guys or technically rookies this season are going to just start with the Reds. So hopefully you know, the, the bats can have a little bit more of a set lineup this season and that will allow them to, to become more of a, a consistent force. But regardless, you've got, even with the Reds having most of their their former top prospects up with the big club now, you've still got a ton of top 100 prospects in the minor league organization. You're going to see some of those guys playing for the Bats this year. It should be a fun season We'll talk with Pat Kelly at uh, at 3.30 about all that good stuff. We do want to hear from you today as well. Hit us up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450 is the number to make that happen. Thornton's hooking up the best deals all 2024 long, but if you want to take advantage, you have to be a Refreshing Rewards program member. To do it, it's very easy. Open up your app store on your phone, search Thornton's, download that, uh, that app, become a Refreshing Rewards member by filling out a couple of quick lines, and bing, bang, boom, you're in, and you're saving money at the pump, and you're saving money inside anytime you stop into one of these areas, 95,226 Thornton's locations. There's that many of them for a reason. They know what they're doing. So we'll take text from you guys, as always, at 502-414-1450. We will take a quick early break today because we got Pat Kelly coming up after the break. We'll talk Louisville Bats baseball with him, get you ready for the 2024 season, which will be here before you know it. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Happy Tuesday to you. We're back with Pat Kelly after this here on 1450 The Big X. Back in it's the Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1, the Big X. Among many other things, we are very, very proud to be the home of the Louisville Bats. And believe it or not, Bats baseball—it's right around the corner. Major League Baseball, right around the corner. It's uh, it's it's always comes faster than you think it's going to. And in, in, in just uh, the blink of an eye, we'll be talking baseball here on the Mike Rutherford Show. And I'm very excited about it. Not just because men's basketball has been kind of a dumpster fire, but because just it's exciting times in the Reds organization, which includes our beloved Louisville Bats. And here to talk more about it is the manager of the Louisville Bats, coming back for his fifth year at the helm of the Bats, Pat Kelly, who's kind enough to join us here on a Tuesday. Uh, Pat, how are you? I'm great, Mike. How are you? Doing well. Uh, it, it's that time of the year, you know, pitchers and catchers about to report spring training in the air, bats, uh, baseball right around the corner. For you, you've been doing this for a long time as, as a player, now as a, as a coach, as a manager. Does it ever, does it change? Do you ever just kind of get used to it? Or is that same excitement there every single time when we're right there on the precipice of spring? No, this is a great time. I mean, I, I love it. Pitchers and catchers report Monday. And, uh, you know, I've been home enough. My wife's about ready to put me on a road trip, so I think it works out good. <laughs> Uh, you are, like I said, back for your fifth season here uh, in Louisville, your fourth in Louisville franchise history and career wins. Uh, I know minor league baseball and baseball in general 
things can change pretty quickly. Five years, that's some stability. I mean, do you feel like you've, you know, you've planted some roots here? Did you think you'd be here this long? How do you feel now going into year five with the bats? Well, it's amazing because, like you said, everything changes so quickly in, in minor league baseball. You know, you, if you look at my track record, it's like two years in a city and off to someplace else. So um, I feel very fortunate that the Reds have entrusted me to be here in Louisville, and it's worked out really well. It's it's exciting time for the Cincinnati Reds. I, I think that people were very excited about the prospects they had in the, the farm system going into last year but maybe thought they were a year or two away from really competing. And as it turns out, you know, they were in the playoff race until the second to last day of the regular season. That has to, you know, when the parent club's doing well, when the parent club is exciting, I'm sure that has to trickle down. I'm sure you guys felt that last season and are ready to feel that again this year. Exactly. I mean, we finished over 500, which is for the first time in 12 years. So, um, you know, getting those young players, uh, you know, prospects are, I mean, there's a reason why they're called prospects because they haven't they haven't done it yet. And to see all those guys come in here and succeed, and then go to the major leagues and do the same thing, and and turn that franchise around. I mean, the city was so excited the second half of the year, and uh, it was it was just fun to see. And and obviously, like you said, we reap the benefits. Uh, that team gets stronger, the depth in the organization is better, so our team is better. Now. Nobody played more rookies last season at the major league level than the Reds did, which is exciting for the fans. All these faces that they, you know, they're waiting to see in a Reds uniform, they got a chance to see last year. It has to be at least a little bit frustrating for you. Uh, the constant shuffling of players back and forth, a uh, guy's hitting their stride in Louisville, all of a sudden he's playing for the Reds. Is it tough to, to, to find some continuity, to find some consistency when that's the case, or does it just you know, come with the territory? It, I think it just comes with the territory. I mean, it's become the norm. Uh, the way the way teams use the waiver wire, the way they use uh, uh, you know DFAs and all that, uh, the use of their roster, uh, it's just become normal in AAA. And especially when you're less than two hours away from the ballpark, uh, you know they're going to wait till five o'clock to make that call to take somebody. I know that a lot of those guys that were. You know, here's bats last year and then got called up. They're, they're expecting to start the year on the parent club now. You're, you're Matt McLean's, you're L.A. De La Cruz's. There's still a ton of talent in this farm system. I saw, I think, Baseball America came out with their top 100 prospect list a couple of days ago, and you've got five players in the Reds organization. I think Noel V. Marte, uh, Cam Collier, Rhett Lauder, Edwin Arroyo, Sal Stewart, that are all in that top 100. I know you can't, you, you don't know exactly who's going to be on the roster this season on, on day one, but is it safe to say, like, we're going to see more of those big-time prospects in Louisville again this year at some point in time. Exactly. I mean, I, I don't know that we'll ever have a year where you run a half a dozen guys through here and, and up to the big leagues. But I, I do think we'll see you know a, a couple every year, which is tremendous because it just adds to the depth of the organization. And, um, you know, I, I think it, it's exciting. And, and, you know, you mentioned louder, you, you know, we also have Chase Petty, another young pitcher. So we're starting to also see some pitching, which I think is, is going to be huge for us. Um, you know, we ran the hitters up last year along with Abbott, um, and now we have some young pitching that's on its way. So uh, very exciting times for the for the Reds and for the Bats. Talking Louisville Bats baseball with manager Pat Kelly here on 1450 The Big X. Uh, opening day, I said right around the corner, it's – I mean, quite literally, it's very, very early this year. March 29th, Friday night against the Indianapolis Indians. 
is going to be opening night at Louisville Slugger Field. It's the earliest opener in Louisville franchise history and the first regular season game played in March in team history. It seems so, so soon. Do you like the early start, Pat? Is it something that you're looking forward to this year? You know, I, I'm not a big early start guy just because, you know, you never know what the weather's going to be sure. like in the spring. But, um, you know, the major leagues are doing it. So, obviously, our players have got to be ready in case their, their moves need to be made. So, uh, you know, I think the major leagues open up on the 28th and we open the 29th. And, uh, you know, Puxatani Phil told us last week that uh, we're going to be good. <laughs> uh, it, it's also, this is the 25th year of Louisville Slugger Field, which for somebody like me makes me feel ancient because I was there at opening <laughs> night. Uh, you know, I have fond memories of being a youngster, going to the ballpark, uh, you know, seeing. I saw Deion Sanders score the first run in franchise, uh, I guess in Slugger Field history for the bats. Uh, for you, now being your fifth year at this ballpark, I mean, people always I have people come from out of town all the time and talk about just how great a place it is to watch minor league baseball, to watch whatever's going on there. Uh, Slugger Field, what, what does it mean to you? Well, like you said, it's just a, a fantastic facility. You know, it was really one of the first ballparks uh, built in downtown, which kind of re- revitalized the downtown area. And then I think we've seen that all through the minor leagues and major leagues. So uh, one of the first to do it, uh, obviously very successful. And, and you just can't beat the view with the river and, and the interstate and all that. It, it's just a tremendous view. It's a great place to go to work every day. Your your staff. We talked about the continuity with you being in Louisville. You also have, uh, you know, a pitching staff, a pitching coach, and some other coaches that are have now been with you for, uh, you know, three four years. Having that continuity on the staff that has to be something that helps as well going into to year five here. It really does. I mean, my hitting coach Alex Talaz has been there. Uh, we've been together probably eight or nine years now. Um, had uh, Mike Jacobs the last couple of years, uh, a former manager, so obviously helps me out a lot. Uh, we're going to add uh, Brian LaHare this year, who was the manager in Dayton. So, you know, I always feel like to have a couple of extra managers in the dugout is, is always helpful. Um, but it's just nice to have some continuity in the staff, and, and the organization has, has stayed that way also. Everyone loves promotions when it comes to to minor league baseball. Louisville came out with its uh, its promotional calendar for the season earlier today. We've got uh, you know the superstars are going to be in town. We got Star Wars night coming back. We got Margaritaville night. We got the first ever drone show, which is going to go down in August. Uh, bobblehead giveaways, all this stuff. Uh, is there ever has there ever been a promotion throughout your your career, whether a player, or coach, or whatever, that stands out as just you know one that was above and beyond? You're like I I can't believe that they're actually doing this. You know, really, the one that we're going to have this year. I, I mean, I'm really excited about the Muhammad Ali bobblehead. I think that's a, you know, something fantastic. Uh, you know, a, a Louisvillian. Um, you know, obviously one of the greatest athletes ever, one of the greatest people ever. Um, and I just think, you know, we always do the the players and stuff like that. But when you can honor somebody like Muhammad, I think it's just tremendous. All right, Bats Baseball, it's coming up in under two months now. We're we're very, very close. If you want to buy tickets, BatsBaseball.com is the place to go. You can also call 502-212-2287. Pat Kelly, we're excited about the season. We love talking to you. Uh, Enjoy spring training. Enjoy what you got ahead for the next uh, couple months, and then we'll see you at the ballpark. Sounds good. Thanks, Mike. All right, that was Pat Kelly, your Louisville Bats manager, getting ready for his fifth season at the helm of the Bats. 
Again, opening night. It's it's why I didn't realize it until they released their promotional calendar today. Friday, March 29th. That's an early, early start. The very with Major League Baseball now starting a little bit earlier. Uh, like like Pat said, opening night is going to be on the 28th this year at the Major League level. Minor League Baseball has to follow suit. So the the bats will play a game in March for the first time ever in franchise history. But I'm excited for baseball overall. The the Reds have me pumped. The, the bats. I'm excited that the kids are a little bit older now. We can maybe take them to more games. We tried Virginia a couple times, and we made it to like inning three. So hopefully we can do a little bit better, use that playground and that, that merry-go-round as kind of a you know teaser, reason to get out there, but best baseball right around the corner. Scootsy, have you been to Slugger Field? I have not been to Slugger Field What's in wrong with you? probably two years, three years maybe. I me, One of my best buddies, he's got a dog uh, – that I just absolutely adore. So we used to go to the Bark in the Park nights. Sure. And they were they were a lot of fun. Did you know? You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Long-time listeners are like, oh, my God, he's going to say it again. I have the highest batting average in the history of Slugger Field. A thousand? A thousand. One for one? Exactly. <laughs> Two walks. <laughs> highest on-base percentage as well. Never going to be topped. Will never be beaten. One for one. It was a nice little single to right. The world stopped. It was glorious. Walked a couple times. I think I scored at least one run uh, in a blowout win over Saint X. Atta boy. Yeah. Every time I like we we did the um, the Alzheimer's walk is there, and we went there and like this year I, like Virginia had ballet, so Mary took her to ballet and I took John to the Alzheimer's walk, and like we got to go down in the field and like it goes around like the warning track and the whole field. And my buddy's like, "Are you telling him about the one for one?" I'm like, "Yeah, you're damn right." <laughs> I'm like, "It was right here, John. It was it was a single. It was right out there to right field, a laced line drive." And I think the the fifth inning, it was the game was called due to the run rule. Everyone went nuts. It was a it was a fantastic, fantastic moment. It reminds me of uh, Troy. You know Troy. Yeah, he uh, was Familiar. telling me late last week about his daughter, how she played basketball for the first year this year, and she was one for one on the season. And she got put in, I guess, to their last game, and they were all yelling at her, "Don't shoot! Don't shoot! <laughs> you don't want to ruin the and averages." So he he comes in here on on Friday, I guess, or Thursday or Friday, and he was like, "Uh, she had the highest shooting percentage in the state. No big deal." Yeah, like, I that's think pretty sweet. I, I think I had an at bat after the single, and I just I wasn't gonna swing. I was just, I was just gonna make sure I got that walk. I wanted to keep <laughs> that percentage going forever. By the way, when Troy invited us to the the U of L women's game a couple weeks ago at Boston College, the one that I brought my daughter to, and we sat. In like the little suite in front of his daughter and I guess a bunch of her friends. Mm-hmm. And it was the funniest thing in the world. I think his daughter is like, she's like 15, 16. Yeah. They just talked about boys the entire time. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. Like I'm sitting there like trying not to eavesdrop, but they're like, so yeah, I, I bumped shoulders, but it was with, then I realized it was with Brian Oliver. I was going to get mad, but then it was with Brian Oliver. So I was like, ooh, Brian Oliver can bump my shoulder. And they're like talking about all these guys. They're like, they're like he's weird. Is he, is he like, He's funny, but like, is he weird funny or is he like normal funny? And I'm like, this is the, I'm like, is this how girls talk about guys? Was this what people said about us growing up? And what do they say about me? I'm horrified now. I don't want my kids to get older. A little different than guys having conversations about girls. We were very, just a little different. It was very much more simple. <laughs> She's hot. Is she crazy? Oh, no, man. She's hot. That was that was pretty much it. That was the entirety of I didn't think Trey was in today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was very good. That was I, I enjoyed it. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton Sex line. Uh, we have we, we made a passing reference to it, but we do have to talk about the U of L women last night. Big time game for them. National TV, ESPN two for their uh, their contest against NC State on the road. An NC State Wolfpack team that entered the night ranked number three in the country. Louisville is a, a top fifteen team, but still 
lacking like a, a huge win over a realistic national title contender. And what I said about this game yesterday was I think it'll provide a solid indication of kind of what our expectations should be for this team at the highest of levels as, as we head down the stretch of the regular season. Because while Louisville has a gaudy record, they've beaten most of the teams they're supposed to beat. They've beaten, I think, three ranked teams before this. There's certainly a haves and have-nots set up in women's college basketball in most years. And in this year, I think it's true as well, where you've got a lot of good teams, but there's five, six, maybe seven teams that are just a cut above the rest, and those are the re- teams that are, are, are realistic threats to win the national championship, and it feels like there's virtually no shot for anybody who's not in that group to be the team that wins it all. Maybe you can get kind of a, a funky Final Four team that, that makes it as a four or a five seed, but whoever's cutting down the nets is going to be one out of a small group that's ranked somewhere in the top ten right now, and I think that if you wanted to believe that Louisville could climb into that group, you wanted to see how they played last night on the road against a team that's very firmly entrenched in, in that top tier in NC State. And for a while, it looked like we found the answer was was no. It was looking a lot like the 24-point loss to Connecticut back in December. Uh, Yuval has a decent first quarter. The second quarter, they l- just let things get away from them. They can't make anything. They're Eight not defending. Points. It was bad. It, it, was, it was rough. And, and they were missing a ton of... They were getting good shots out of their offense, and and then players like Olivia Cochran at one point had like two back-to-back just wide-open eight-footers that she just couldn't make. And you could tell they were getting frustrated. They weren't getting back. They were allowing transition threes. And and the NC State crowd, which was great, was really into the game. And I think they trailed by as much as I want to say 24. And I know it was in the 20s, but it, it, it looked like it was just totally out of hand. And here we go. Good coaching job by Jeff Walls. But at the end of the day, we just don't have the type of players necessary to make a Final Four run, maybe to make an Elite Eight run. Like They're just that much better than us. Who is the best player? For for Louisville? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got a lot. Key Jefferson, I think, is still their leading scorer. But it's more by committee this year. They got Nina Ricards out of, out of the transfer portal. She's been really good. Cochran's the big performer that they brought back from last season. Uh, Curry's been a good addition. Like they've, I think they have three players. I don't have it in front of me that are averaging double figures, but nobody averaging more than like twelve and a half points. So it's different than you. I take it back. Kiki Jefferson's averaging thirteen point four points. Cochran second. Nyla Harris uh, is 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 averaging nine point nine. So she's right. She and Sydney Taylor are right under ten points per game. So they got five players who are averaging better than nine points per game, but nobody averaging more than thirteen point four. How do you say number 11's last name? Who's number eleven? Here's your here's your chance. Alif, Alif. Oh, Istan Bologu, Bologlu, Bologlu. She uh, Bologlu. She's a fan favorite. She's she she it's plays a center. Mouthful of a name. Yeah, she got she's she, she's a fan favorite. She doesn't play a lot, but when she gets in, she she makes an impact. In Six the three. That's huge. Yeah, she's a she, I think, work in progress, but uh, we'll get her there. We'll get her there. Uh, she's a freshman from Turkey. Her last name's fitting. She's from Istanbul. But <laughs> she really, yeah, that's hilarious. Not just a clever last name, <laughs> but there, you know, I, I think you took all these working parts and you try to make them into something that could be competitive at the highest level. And, and you're like, halfway through last night's game, you're like, okay, it's going to be that type. Maybe they can win a game or two in the tournament, and then they'll get destroyed by one of the best teams when they run into a one or a two seed. Then the third quarter happens, and it looks a little bit more like the first quarter, where where Louisville is. They're trading blows early on, then they're actually pulling away, and all of a sudden this 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 lopsided halftime deficit is turning into a kind of a manageable deficit. 
Then, in the fourth quarter, they're still chipping away. They're getting it down to six. They're getting it down to five. They're getting it down to three. And with a couple of minutes left, they're right there. They're right there in a position to win. NC State, to their credit, makes a couple of big shots. Uh, James was fantastic for them. She seemed like every single time that we were creeping up on on making it a game, she responded with a big-time three or just a big-time play in general. Uh, she was incredible last night. And then there were, you know, it's women's college basketball, so there were a couple of iffy calls. I thought it was weird last night. I don't know if anybody else caught this. But, you know, Kay Yao was the former NC State coach who had breast cancer. They've done great things to fight breast cancer. It was their breast cancer awareness game last night. Um, you know, both teams were wearing pink in their uniforms. They were wearing all pink. How do you feel about the Louisville pink? The, the uniforms they wore last mm-hmm. night? I think they were fine. I love them. I think they're awesome. Didn't they wear them in the last game, too? Uh, did they? I think so. Yeah, I remember watching a game recently of Louisville women, and they were in these jerseys, and they're they're sweet. I, I mean, I, I was a fan. It took me a while when I first turned it on to realize that we were wearing the pink, and they were wearing the – because we have the, the same kind of logos in the shorts. So mm-hmm. for, like, the, the very first possession I turned it on, they were just like 2 nothing, And I was like, where are we? And then I was like, oh, yeah, look at the scoreboard dummy. Like We're highlighted in pink for a reason. <laughs> but I I think that last night, they answered some questions about their ability to be competitive with teams like NC State in the NCAA tournament if they run if they run into them. I mean, NC State ended up making the plays necessary to pull away and, and win by ten. Let me finish the thought. I, 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 was, I remember what I was saying. The the announcing crew they casually dropped a reference to the fact that two of the referees for the game last night are on the board of directors for the KL Foundation. I was like, okay, well that seems seems like kind of kind of a conflict of interest here. They just said it so flippantly. I was like, should they be calling this game? Should they should they be allowed to do NC State games, especially big ones that are on national TV? And I did think there were a few calls where I was like, that's that, that that's crap, and it kind of squashed our momentum. But for the most part, NC State was just the better team. But they weren't like light years better than Louisville. I came away after watching the second half of that game feeling like, you know, is Louisville going to be a decided underdog if they run into a team like? NC State or like Iowa or certainly like South Carolina. Um, Ohio State's very good this year. Stanford's very good this year. LSU, despite not really getting the most out of their talent, is still very talented, very good. Are they going to be decided underdog? Sure. But do I think they can be competitive and ultimately win against at least one of those teams on a given day? Yeah. After the way they played last night, I do think it's possible. And that makes me more excited for the NCAA tournament coming up than I would have been if they had just gotten pasted in this game from start to finish. And of course, all of this comes with the 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 qualifier of the NCAA tournaments at a certain level, if you go to the final four, it's not going to be played on, on home floors. You won't you know, you won't have to play NC State if you run into them in the national semifinals in Raleigh, which is always nice. But Louisville has to build on this. It was great that they made this second half run. I think you look back and you say they missed a ton of of really wide open shots. They made some silly mistakes in the, the first half that kind of doomed them. If they don't do that, they could have easily won this game. But all of that goes out the window if you don't play well coming up uh, on Thursday night against Notre Dame or if you lay an egg on the road over the weekend against Syracuse. You've got three more ranked opponents to play over your next four games. You get Virginia Tech at home on February 18th. Uh, like all, uh, all, all three of the games coming up, with the exception of the the Boston College road game next week, are going to be against top twenty five opponents, and they're going to be big challenges. And if you, you know, let's say if you lose all three of those, or you lose two of the three, and you, you look bad in the process, I think people go right back to being like, yeah, they could be a cute little four or five six seed. 
but they're not a realistic threat to make a, a Elite Eight for a sixth straight year. But it was nice to see them last night, I think, kind of buck that narrative and show that, yeah, like we belong on the same floor with this team. We're getting better. Look out for us in March. We're going to be back again. It was nice to see that performance. Uh, Jeff Walls, I trust him. How can you not at this point? He knows what he's doing. On the men's side, Scoots, I know you were sick last night. Did you watch any of the the action last night? Uh, no. I think I was in bed at maybe 8.30. God bless you. So, yeah, I got almost 10 hours of sleep last night. We did give out, I mean, Kansas-Kansas State has become one of the more underrated rivalries in college basketball, mm-hmm. just in, in terms of, of delivering. I mean, we had we, we had dudes fighting guys with chairs a couple of years ago. Like, that was fantastic. That's Don't, don't forget about that. K-State seems to always you know, bring the heat at the Little Apple when they play there. Kansas brings it back when they go to Lawrence. Like, the, the games have been wildly entertaining in recent years, and last night was no exception. And Kansas State, look, big X, big bets. If you listen to the end of the show, you cashed in again. I said Kansas State money line. I like it. Damn it. Yeah. I, you say damn it. I say damn it, too. I, I only ended up betting them first half. I was like, I like them to cover. I was like, I don't know. So I bet them to cover the – they were plus two first half, and they pushed. They, they were down by two at <laughs> halftime. I was like, you got to be kidding me. And then I think I bet Prairie View, and they collapsed late, and only one by one instead of two. Prairie View? Prairie View. Mike, you might, might need to go see some help. It's the algorithm. I, I trust the system that I have. What kind of algorithm are you using that leads you to Prairie View? Don't worry about it. It's college basketball alg- algorithm. Per- <laughs> Look, home home teams in the SWAC have been dominating. And Prairie View won yesterday. They just didn't win by three, which I needed them. They only won by one. It was mm. a weird free throws down the stretch against Pine Bluff. It cost them. It was the best bet on the board last night outside of Kansas State, which I should have just trusted myself. But Is this your own algorithm or are you getting it elsewhere? It's my own. Hmm. Okay. Just trust it. Just trust it. Not okay. a second half betting. I'll trust it. But Kansas, Kansas State, fantastic game last night. And look, this is how badly our boy Jerome Tang wants the Louisville job. He heard, in my mind, every single night of college basketball is a competition amongst all these coaches that just want to impress Louisville fans. It's all about Louisville. It's not about their own teams. It's not about their own jobs. They just want the Louisville gig. And Jerome Tang, he felt his name slipping. He felt like all these Louisville fans are talking about Chris Beard. They're talking about Mick Cronin, who's now won five of six. He's resurgent. They're talking about Eric Musselman. They're talking about you know Nate Oates, whoever they're talking about. I've fallen off the the discussion a little bit. And we're in the midst of a four-game losing streak. It's my fault. He bounces back in a big way. He now, this is a, a wild-ass stat. He's 12-0 and in overtime games. Isn't that nuts? That is nuts, yeah. Insane. Jerome Tang has not lost an overtime game as a head coach. He's 12-0 in two years at Kansas State. Is that just one of those fluky things, or is he actually doing stuff, different stuff in overtime to make that happen? I think it has to be one of those fluky things. Now, you may be doing the right things. There may be something to him being a good overtime coach or being a good motivator or whatever, but 12-0 is ridiculous. Like like The the law of averages says there's just some luck involved in that, Um, but... My goodness, he's been good in those extra periods, but that, that is a wild stat that continued last night. And like the reasons why, because I, I, I'm not firmly on the in the Tang gang. I, I know that there are a lot of people who are. He would not be my first choice. I don't think he'd be my second or third choice. But there are reasons to like the potential of Jerome Tang coming here. And one of the biggest reasons why was the scene after that game. So, And props to the security, because all they show the crowd with like two minutes left. When, when Kansas State is, is leading, and all these students are trying to move down. They're getting ready for a court rush. It looks like it's going to be this crazy scene. 
And the second the clock hit zero, like the these workers are out there with the ropes to block people off. The security is not letting people down, and there ends up being no court rush. So, you know, we, not we, at all. No, like, really. Like, like, like a few kids like try to make it out at first, and like I was shocked. Like I, I'm ready for the wave of, of just you know purple coming out of the stands. And it just never happened. I thought you were going to go with they let Kansas get off the floor and the no. place went bananas. No, 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 no. It, it, it was wild. Like I just kept waiting for it, and it, it didn't happen. So we can talk about whether or not that should be the case, but the reality is a, a lot of programs try to do that, and they do so unsuccessfully. But Kansas State did it uh, great last night. It, it was wild. But so that happens. So Jerome Tang, he goes into the crowd with the students. And he's like singing the fight song. Like the players are up there with him. He's like clapping it up. He's going crazy. He's celebrating it. He's chanting like the, the, the K State cheers with everybody. Like that stuff, that's kind of the stuff that we need, I think, to pick our, our, ourselves up. Winning is the most important thing. There's no question about it. But that little extracurricular stuff, that, that little added swag, those little, like Patino, when he would do stuff like that, even if we were in the middle of like a, a mini losing streak, if he would give that comment or he would, you know, do some, some out-of-character video, like, you know, the, the, what the hell are you doing, Russ? Like, Harlem Shuffle and all that stuff, Harlem Shake. Like, we would eat that stuff up. And I think that Jerome Tang brings that to the table in a way that we have not had with the last couple of coaches. Chris Mack did it a little bit. Like, I, I think we liked the UK video, the, the the first one he did, like, the we'll give John whatever he wants type deal. The uh, the celebration video with Wood was a little bit, <laughs> a little bit different because it felt it was not planned to get out or anything like that. But, like, I, I think we miss a little bit of that that swag and a little bit of that just fun, like that little bit, not taking yourself too seriously. You're showcasing that this means just as much to you as it means to all of us. But it was a cool scene in Manhattan last night. A big time win for Kansas State. Yeah, but do you do you trade all that for a guy who is unproven though? No, I mean no, it's, that, it's only that, been two years. Like I, I would love that stuff, but I'm not going to take it at the expense of a person who I think is more of a proven winner. Because again, winning's the most important thing, and I do. Like you can't just gloss over the fact that we hired a totally unproven head coach this past year or two years ago, and it has wound up being an abject failure. And Jerome Tang had a great first year. There's no question about it. Three seed, Elite Eight, all that good stuff. He's struggling to make the NCAA tournament in year two. The sample size is still really small. Like, but he lost the little guy. Marquise Noel's gone. Like that, that's the thing too. Like he inherited one of the best players in college basketball. Was it just that? Is he like the college football coach who wins at a high level early on because he's got an NFL quarterback and then can't get it done when he's got just human players moving forward, not demigods? I don't know. We're going to have to see more. I think he's doing a good job there. There's no question about it. But can he win at the level that we want someone to win at at a place like Louisville? I think the book is still out a little bit. But there are reasons to like the hire, is my point here. And last night, those were on full display. The other big Monday game of the night was pretty wild as well. Virginia, uh, who's doing that thing again, they're doing that thing where it's like, oh yeah, they suck. They're, they're real bad. I haven't been paying attention. Are they a little bit better? Oh crap, they're about to win the ACC. That's Virginia every single <laughs> year now. They held Miami to a program low 38 points Unbelievable. in a 60-38 to 38 win. Uh, like, you know, like we all just thought Virginia sucked for the, the first two months of the season, and now you look up here in, in February and they're 18 and 5 and 9 and 3 in the ACC. They do this every damn year. I don't know when we're going to learn. Will they lose in the first weekend? Yeah, probably, because that's, that's also what they do when they don't win national titles. But my goodness, uh, in, in conference play, they have this league figured out. They were terrific last night. 
Uh, we can talk more about this after the break. We'll also take text from you guys at 502-414-1450. That's hour number two. It's on the way next here on the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. My, how the years have flown. Back in hour number two here, the Mike Rutherford Show. 1450 is one the big X. Thanks to Pat Kelly for spending some time with us. Last hour talking some bats baseball. Scoot's still uh, we're celebrating the the life and times of Toby Keith here on the show. Scoot, I mean you talk about how like Toby was your guy. Oh yeah. Is this the hardest you've been hit by like a celebrity death? I think everyone kind of has that one where they're like, damn, like I, I, I just it rocked me a little bit. Maybe. I, I think I'm still at the point where I'm processing the whole thing. I can tell you the one that was the most impactful. I, I think I'll have a better answer once I fully digest all of this. But the one at the time that really, really killed me. And I, I don't know why. I think it was because I was working at Walmart at the time. And my manager kind of looked like him. But when Billy Mays passed, that that <laughs> did not that ripped think, me to shreds. I did not think you were going there. Yeah, Billy Mays. <laughs> I did not think that's where well, that, that then, lead up was ending. Well, because then my manager would do the thing all the time for the rest of the summer after he passed. Billy Mays here, and he looked just like him, and it just it made me so sad. He was the most exciting infomercial guy of all time. He was up there. No, he's number one. I mean, I, I thought you were gonna. I, I thought that that lead up was gonna end with like Robin Williams or that know, one hurt too. Robin but, Williams was bad. No, but, really, that whole summer though, the one Billy Mays died because that was the same summer that Michael Jackson died, right. and then who else? There was a third one. They were all three real close together. Was it Prince? No, no, no. no. Prince was later. We were on the radio for then. Um, I can't remember who the third one was. I but, know what you're saying because it was like a big. Uh, was Patrick Swayze. That's right. Yeah, I mean that that was a big one. Because they kept doing they did like a, a South Park episode about how like it was it was wild that all these stars were dying at the same time. Um, yeah, it was a bad summer. It was a bad summer. Good summer, but a bad summer. Yeah, it, it, it was bad. Um, Brittany Murphy also died that summer, I think. Remember her mm-hmm. from uh, from Clueless? Yep. She was also in Boy Meets World. I don't know if you knew that. Wasn't she in? Um, although I don't think you ever watched it. Wasn't she in Just Friends? Never seen Just Friends. But. I know that was the co- topic of conversation. Yeah, I think she was in that show. Yeah. Was it made after 2016? Or 2009, I mean? It was not. Because there you go. That it's possible. Who knows? Um, no, she was in Just Married. Okay. Well, that's... Yeah, not just the, friends. One of the two words, right. Still, it's, <laughs> 50%'s pretty good. 50%, on, on this show, we take it. <laughs> 502-414-1450 is the Thornton text line. I uh, have not taken the, our, our attention to the text line just yet. We will rectify that coming up here uh in just a second uh, can i ask you a question about downtown real quick of course why are all the businesses leaving we got news today that humana is going to vacate their big tower that's not and then now news. now fifth third bank's going to move their main headquarters out of downtown oh what's, are they what's going see, on there i saw the humana news yesterday which is bad i did not see the fifth there i think i think basically most i say high rise they're not really high rise buildings in, in a place like louisville but, but most like Larger buildings that are trying to house business workers are kind of screwed at this point because 
people aren't working in the office still. I, I know a lot of businesses are bringing people back into the office, but like there's still a lot more work from home than there was five years ago. That's not changing anytime soon. And, and people see that as a, a, a cost-effective way to save money. It's just, hey, we don't need these businesses. The thing that sucks about Humana, it's the only Fortune 500 company that's headquartered in Kentucky. Um, well, they're going to stay in Kentucky. They're staying in Kentucky, but they're but just moving out of They're downtown. centralizing their headquarters, and that's it, it's a big hit to downtown. And Fifth Third now that you say that, I'm, I'm looking at the news now. It used to be because when I was working downtown, it was known as the Brennan Williamson Tower. Um, I mean, that's yeah, that, that, that that's something's that, going that on. Sucks. Yeah, it's not good. It's not not good at all. Um, they're trying to revitalize. The, you know who I blame for this? Kenny Payne. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> if this if this men's basketball program had it humming right now, they wouldn't want to move. Fifth Third's going nowhere. <laughs> Humana's going nowhere. They're adding offices. They're building a new dome building. If we were in the in, in the top sixteen right now, there'd be a new building going up downtown. Everyone would be living there. It'd be just sunshine and rainbows. It would all be happy. I hope Kenny's happy because he's he's ruining downtown for all of us. There's no question about that. I'm like seventy eight percent joking. That's it. I do love like in all the stories about how much downtown is struggling to bounce back. There is always some just quick throwaway reference to men's basketball about how like it's like it's like and also Louisville men's basketball not helping any of the businesses. I'm like, geez, they're just they're catching strays. They're not even they're not even strays. They're deserved. I think they have played a part in downtown struggling. I I do wonder about like the so let's take Barnos for exist for example because they're right next to the um not anymore. I, Oh, they moved? Yeah. They're not in that little basement place anymore? Not anymore. Yeah, They're still downtown now. When did that happen? Just like a month ago. Barrows by the bridge That's left. sad. There's a new uh, steakhouse going in there. That is really sad. Okay, well, I was going to say I'd love to see how their sales compared to right now versus like six, five, six years ago. I knew. I mean, I know people that, that run that place, and I knew it was down. I, I knew it was bad. I mean, I think all those places right around the Yum Center were down. And the thing that sucks is like, Numbers for concerts and other events that have been going on at the Yum Center since the pandemic have been up. Like we've had some big time concerts there. Attendance mm-hmm. is up for all of those, and the overall numbers for the Yum Center and for downtown in that area are still way down because men's basketball has been such a has had such a significant drop off from where they were. And you just, you know, I mean, it was I, I talked about this last week when we were getting ready for Saturday night basketball. You know, ten years ago. If Louisville had an eight o'clock game on a Saturday night this time of the year, like you were just going downtown at noon, meeting up with friends, going to a bunch of different bars, drinking before the game, maybe staying there a little bit after the game to celebrate if they won. Like you just spent all day down there, and, and now, and like twenty thousand people were doing the exact same thing, and now you're getting like six thousand people, and they're not, you know, it's not a celebratory occasion. They're getting there right before tip off. They're not going anywhere afterwards to to celebrate the victory, and it's like. That has an effect at some point, and it, when that's been the case for three straight years now, it's gonna it's gonna pile up, and I think you're seeing that downtown, which sucks. Hmm. On a much more positive note, U of L football having no issue drawing fans to their games, uh, and certainly coming with a lot of hype to Jeff Brom's second season. We now know when Jeff Brom's second spring game is going to happen. We don't have all the dates for open practices or anything like that, but on Friday, April nineteenth, at L N Stadium at seven p.m. We are going to have the, the the 2024 spring game. If you can't make it out there, thankfully the ACC network is going to carry it live. Um, should be a lot of fun. Like I make, 
I kind of hold the opinion that spring games suck. Same. They're just you get excited if you're there for the tailgate and the atmosphere and just the chance to go in and and do something football-ish as a fan. I get it, but if you're looking for actual things to glean from the game, you typically don't get it. It's just like they said it. I think nowadays coaches feel like they do it because they have to do it. It's an event for the fans and sometimes an event for recruiting. But if a player is even slightly dinged up, who they know they're going to rely on in the fall. They're not going to play them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we played like two running backs last year, and neither of them <laughs> made it. I think a gigantic. Like I don't think maybe Mo Turner played, but I don't think Jawar played. I don't think Isaac played in the spring game. We had the um, Mario Asian, the the walk on from last from a Bishop Sycamore story. He got like seventy five carries in that game, and I, <laughs> he had one carry this season, and now he's in the transfer portal. Uh, but that's it's the way that spring games typically go, and. Sometimes it's skewed to favor the offense. Like there was one year where Lamar, I think it was before the Heisman year, where Lamar Jackson threw for like 700 passing yards. And like, this is great, but I'm not sure exactly how realistic it is. I think Teddy did the same thing one time. So I used to go to the spring games. I don't think I've been to one since, and it was only because we did the pregame show out there. I want to say it was like 2017, 2018. It was in the Bobby 2.0 era. I have not been since. I may go to this one, though, just because I'm so desperate for for good U of L football news, and there is more of a a rooting interest or more of a general interest when you've got twenty four new players from the transfer portal, who most of whom uh, I think you expect to see on the field for that type of game, and who will be it's kind of their first stint, their their, their first taste of Louisville football. So I think there's there's more interest now than there has been in years past because of the transfer portal. But there it is, Friday night, April nineteenth, Ellen Stadium. It's the Paul Davis restoration of Louisville. Louisville football spring game. We have a sponsor for that now, too. At least you have something to get excited for. I mean, because that's I think that's why I don't like spring games, because I'm an Indiana fan. Kirsten Yeti, though. Now, this I'd year, be excited about no, that. Th- this year, I am pretty excited. For es- one. Especially if he overachieves in year one. Like, if you guys go out there and you win, like, six or seven games this year and go to a bowl game, mm-hmm. like, I would be... I'd be all in. I'd be like, we've got our guy. Like he's, Now, he's probably going to leave in, like, two or three years, so we need to win at a high level now. But I, I would be excited about Signetti. He's won everywhere he's gone. Um, Coach Sig. I'd, I'd be pumped if I were you. But but like you said, diminished expectations. Louisville fans are dreaming the biggest of dreams. Like, can this team compete for a playoff spot? Can this team get back to the conference championship game? I think with Indiana, given what he's inheriting, you have to be like, can they You know, win seven games? Like That would be a great starting point for him. I think that's fair. 502-414-1450. Let's take some text from you guys. Texter says, Oh, boy. Leonard Hamilton is the worst coach in the country. There you go. My, my dad agrees. My, Agreed. My dad hates Leonard Hamilton. Same, Same he, with me. He hates him. Uh, Tre- so overrated. Trevor loved Leonard Hamilton. I, I, I never really got it. But my dad, he loves me telling this story. He doesn't. But he wrote a book about Kentucky basketball in the 80s. So, Season on the Brink, the the John Feinstein book, book where he followed um, – Indiana mm-hmm. and Bob Knight have got, that book. Yeah, got really famous like right before then, and so the Courier Journal was like, "We want to do our own kind of similar thing. We're going to embed a reporter with one of the local teams." And they chose Kentucky, and they hired my dad to do it. And so he spent the entire I want to say eighty two, eighty three, no, not eighty three, I guess eighty three, eighty four season with the Kentucky basketball team when Joby Hall was the coach, and it's basically like why my dad hates, <laughs> hates UK so much and why I grew up to hate UK. Like he, he, he didn't like a lot of the stuff that he encountered there during the whole thing. And Leonard Hamilton was like a total ass to him this entire time. And then when the story broke, was about to break in the, 
the local papers about Kentucky was doing some shady recruiting stuff and Leonard caught wind of it. He's calling my dad at like 4 a.m. And he's like, hey, buddy, you know, like, like, how can you help me out? Like, you know, I feel like I've been really nice to you and all this stuff. My dad was like, bleep Leonard Hamilton. And, and so I brought my dad on to co-host the, the show when we were on 790. And I think it was for like Father's Day. It was either Father's Day or his birthday. Or some, it was That's one a of the, good gift. One of the summer shows. Yeah, it, it was a great time. Like, I think we would love to do it again at some point. But in the first segment, he said, implied that all UK fans were racist, and then also said that I think Leonard Hamilton was an insufferable moron, was his exact quote. I'm like, well, we're already off. So he walked back the, the, the racism thing very quickly. He's like, yeah, I shouldn't say that. You know, and then we know a lot of good UK fans and all this stuff. And then he started to walk back the Hamilton quote and was like, no, I don't, I don't take it back at all. <laughs> he's, he's, he's an insufferable moron. My dad just hates Leonard. And he wants to see Florida State fall. So as upset as he is with the current state of Louisville basketball, I think he was very excited to see us pound Florida State over the weekend. I, I, I do think Leonard Hamilton's overrated. And I think he's done at FSU. Texas, it's crazy how UofL just winning some games uh, this month will make me 10 times more invested in college basketball. I used to watch so much in the last couple of years. I haven't. I wonder why. I think there are a lot of fans like that. I mean, again, I can speak anecdotally about my group of friends. and. There are a couple who are like me who are always going to be invested in college basketball, are always going to keep watching. But for the most, like, like several others are just like, I don't, you know, not only are they not watching the, the general college basketball, they're like not watching Louisville games anymore. And they're just checked out. Like they'll watch the NCAA tournament, but they don't really, they don't live and die with it every single weekend, every single night like they used to. And that makes me, makes me sad. Makes me sad. Texture says, Science teacher, drinking game creator here. What's up, science teacher, drinking game creator? Because there has been a rapid decrease in the sputtering of incoherent sentence fragments and yada, yada, yada on the show, I'll switch my drinking game to every time you say, can't read that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good change. Up. Somebody had the great idea. Do you remember, uh, was it last year where we started playing Cowboy a lot, the, the very beginning yeah. of the Kid Rock song? Mm-hmm. Because like, I posed the question about what I think like, what do you think is the the funniest song to play at the beginning of a surprise party? And my answer was 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 Cowboy by Kid Rock because I think it's just imagine like you're all in a crowded room and somebody walks in and just goes, Cowboy, Cow. Like it's it's the funniest start to a surprise party. And so Trevor would just start playing that, just dropping that part all the time in the show, and it never failed to make me laugh. I laugh every single time I hear it. And somebody was saying, you just need to have that button ready to push every time there's a, there's a text that we can't read for that reason. <laughs> Cowboy. Texas says, remember that time Toby Keith made millions off of 9-11? Classic. Ooh. Shots fired at Toby Keith. I thought it was Alan Jackson. No, I mean, Alan Jackson, too. He wrote up, where were you when the world stopped right. turning? I but Toby Keith had the, did he do one too? we'll put a boot in your oh, ass. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was a great song. That's not profiting off 9-11. It's Suck it, Texter. It's kind of profiting off 9-11. I mean, you... you it's the American what is, way. What is country music all about, Mike? It's it's writing about what's going on in your life. And that was a pretty significant thing to be going on in his life. They'll put a boot in your ass. Y'all, y'all are not going to hate on Toby because he wrote that song. That's not my... It's a great song. It's not my Toby. My Toby's early 90s Toby. I wish I didn't. Openly talking about being cheated on. Vulnerable Toby Keith. <laughs> Texture says, one thing about the KU-KSU game that I noticed uh, is that I think Kansas State may do Joker and the Thief better than us. They even added an uh, FKU chant to it that was electric. 
Well, look, I mean, nobody does Joker the Thief worse than us right now in basketball. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? Uh-uh. It was a little bit better on, they played at the under eight timeout for every game. It was a little bit, you know, somebody took some videos of it during the Florida State game because we're winning, we're playing well, and the fans were kind of into it. But when they, when we were down like 36 to Virginia and they did it a couple of weeks ago, all I uh, all I heard from, I think somebody tweeted this out, was they, they started it's like, and somebody stands up and just goes, read the room! And like, you don't have to play this. So, yeah, I'm sure KSU is doing Joker and the Thief better than us at basketball right now. But football, you can't touch us. Football, is, is, is that that's ours. Texture says, San Diego never got tornadoes when Kenny Payne wasn't here coaching Louisville. I'm just saying. It's true. Texture says, Scoots, can you honor Toby by going on speed dating and getting out there? Mm. Mm. I don't know if that's what Toby would want me to do. I think it is. I don't know. Maybe it's- I'll just go around singing Toby and maybe one girl will fall in love with me. I did love having to explain the concept of speed dating to Trey yesterday. He'd never heard of it. Well, no, he he doesn't need it. Strapping young lad. Not yet. But if you get, you know, mid thirties, he said he'd be open to it. Hmm. He agreed that we need to get you out there this year. Is this the year of getting scoots out there? I don't know. It's almost like the more pressure put on me, the more I'm resistant to it. I mean, I get it, but it's like TJ today texted me during Spears and he told me a certain toby keith song he needs to hear today and i'm not gonna play it just based off principle don't tell me what to do it makes me not do that does so that make sense so you're a child kind of yeah. <laughs> i mean i'm the size of one the thing is though i think you're like me in that i'm i'm more naturally introverted and so like my general response to when people present plans about going out or we're doing this thing is at first i'm excited and then like when it gets close, I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like I'd rather yep. just sit. And, and the, like, when you drag me out the door and like force me to do it, I always end up having a good time, and I'm always glad that I actually did it. I, I think this will be the exact same thing for you. See, I used to not when you discover the love of your life at speed dating at the quarry. I used to not be this way. I, I was very extrover- extroverted growing up, and now, yeah, you're. I mean, you nailed it. That's exactly how I am. Quarry speed dating, not the quarry. It's got to be at the quarry. Any, anywhere but the quarry. <laughs> anywhere but the quarry. Now, see, I'm doing the thing, same thing as you. You're, you're saying, now I'm even more rude in the quarry. I want the quarry more because you're just <laughs> resisting it so much. <laughs> Texas says, Mother Nature heard that the NFL wants the Chiefs to win, and she said, hold my beer. Suck it, Scoots, from Scoots Hater. You suck it, Scoots Hater. He did text in yesterday, and I was like, Scoots isn't here to say suck it, Scoots Hater, so I'll say it for him. Thank you. Appreciate that. What's up with Mother Nature? What's going on? Is is, is, is there going to be I mean, bad weather in Vegas? I mean, I know that the 49ers have had some issues with their field they're practicing on. Is that L- what it is? A little too soft. Okay. A little soggy. They but they, did- they said the, the Raiders Stadium is going to be fine. It's just where they're practicing. We did. I went to pick up the kids at school today, and the Virginia's gym teacher, who's very, very cool. I love her. She's great. But she was talking about how they, did, they taught – She's like, Virginia, tell daddy what you did today. And like she's like, I learned about football. And they played football, and they were doing the, their Super Bowl predictions. And the gym teacher's a big Taylor Swift fan. Virginia likes Taylor Swift. And they're like, so she was making all the kids pick teams. And she's like, I was like, you know, kind of, she's like, who'd you pick? And she was like, the Chiefs. And I was like, we're Lions fans. <laughs> we're not acknowledging the Super Bowl this year. I was like, I, I was like I'm not, I, I can't support this at all. At least she didn't say the 49ers, the team that beat y'all. I mean, I don't care. I mean, I, I'm. I'm probably rooting for the 49ers. Do you really want your kids growing up Lions fans too? Yes. John's already in. He's wearing the, the Hutchinson <laughs> jersey, celebrating. He's giving the Lion growl when we win games. He's all about <laughs> it. And look, we're, if we stay good for a few years, 
They may, I mean, they, they get, to, they don't have to go through what I went through during my entire life. Basically, the, the, the kids saw two Lions playoff wins in eight days, more than I'd seen in my entire forty years, almost forty years. Come on, we're raising them right. It's fine. Till the next batch where they can't win anything. It's not happening. It's gonna happen. Probably like two years from now, but still, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy these two years. We're gonna be good. It's gonna be great. We're good. Stop it. Leave, leave me alone. I don't want to think about it right now. But yeah, I was like, I don't, we're, not, we're not acknowledging the Super Bowl. I think I'm I, I, like, I really don't care. I guess I'll pull for the 49ers because the Chiefs kind of annoy me. But at the same time, the people who are making this huge deal about the Taylor Swift thing, they also annoy me. And so I kind of want her to win just because of her team to win, yeah. just for that. So either way, I'm like, I'm basically just cheering out of spite. I'm going for Taylor's boyfriend's team God. for sure. I'm just. The Chiefs are so obnoxious. They're they're just so annoying. Like the the Taylor Swift thing doesn't bug me, but the, you know, I, I think they they remind me of, and I had this revelation last night watching the Kansas Kansas State game. There's a lot of Chiefs energy with this KU basketball team. Like they they kind of want to be the villains, but they do it in sort of a whiny, obnoxious way. And it's like, oh, they they lost this game to an average road team. Do they suck? And then they you know they have the game that they had against Houston. It's like, oh, they're still good. Like they're probably gonna look dominant in the first weekend, maybe the first three rounds of the NCAA tournament, and everyone's going to be like, they're finally realizing their potential, and then just lay a total egg in the Elite Eight or something. Like I, I like they just seem to want everything handed to them. Bill Self's going crazy about an obvious foul call in overtime last night, and everyone's just, just like, oh, I can't believe we didn't get that call, and they show the replay, and the dude just shoved a guy down. Like it's, it's a foul. Shut up. That's the Chiefs every time something doesn't go their way. They're just so whiny about it all and so corny. I don't know why they the Chiefs don't really get under my skin. I, I actually kind of like the Chiefs. I was fine with them until I think last year it started for me. When like, I, I feel like Kelsey just kind of – I like like when I see some of the clips from his podcast with his brother, like it comes off as funny and I, I, I like it. Like I, I enjoy people going back and seeing his old tweets from 2009, how he was just kind of like a normal college kid just tweeting random stuff. Like I, I think that that's all pretty endearing. But his his on field persona, like the you know throwing Justin Tucker's tea and stuff last week, and just constantly talking bleep and drawing penalties and like laughing and like like going crazy about the making fun of the Bengals last year. I don't don't even care about the Bengals. It's all just obnoxious. And, and Mahomes annoys me too. It's I'm kind of rooting for the Niners, but I don't like I don't care about the Niners. This whole Super Bowl just sucks. Mm-hmm. The Lions should be playing. Let the, <laughs> let the Lions play. Somebody do the right thing and get them in this game. God. Texas says should Scoots and Gill go to heterosexual roommate counseling. Does no. that does that exist? Is there I, friend counseling? I'm sure that exists. Yeah, in this, yeah, probably. But no, we don't need that. We're good. It's all good. I don't think you are. Your, your voice it's went all up. Good. Like it's you all lo- good. It's all look, good. All good. You looked down to the left when you said that. <laughs> that means you lied. There's a friends counseling center. No, I, we definitely don't need that. We're good. Friendship therapy. There's a today show. <laughs> a today show story from 2021. That's what makes us good friends. Is we're able to shake something like this off in relatively quick order. Well, I think you just didn't talk about it because you don't enjoy confrontation. Your feelings are going to harvest; they're, they're going to just just fester, and they're just you're going to explode one day. Man, you may be right. I'm telling now, you. Now I'm worried about that. Yeah, or you'll be like me, and you'll just keep your feelings inside until you die. That's, that's the, <laughs> the way that it works. That's the more likely option. That's, that's how it goes. It's the uh, the Irish Catholic in me. It's who I am. It's what you're I. You're going to get home. Mary's going to be like, "What do you need to talk about, Mike?" <laughs> it's John Mulaney. What are you holding in? John Mulaney has a big spiel where he's like, "I'll keep all my emotions right here." And then one day, I'll die. And like, <laughs> that's how it goes. It's a, it's a healthy way for some people to live. It's fine. 
Uh, Texter says, can't read that. Texter says, speaking uh, speaking of not safe for work videos made by Canadian celebrities, did you ever watch Jamal Murray's IG video with his girlfriend, who used to be a UK volleyball player that came out in 2020? The best part was him claiming that he got hacked. I did. I I, I, I did see it. I there's no way that he didn't purposely leak that. You you don't mistakenly. One, take a video of yourself receiving oral sex, and then two, just post it on Instagram accidentally. Like, it 100% was done on purpose. And he's like, I got hacked. No, you didn't. <laughs> you wanted people to see you, you know, having some fun. Texas, where was Gil on January 6th? Ooh, great question. <laughs> Might need to look into that. Texas is looking at coaching hires by age and its importance. Of championship coaches since 1980, the average age they, age they were hired is about 42 years old. The oldest, the oldest age at the time of the hire for coaches that won a national championship at that school, Roy Williams, age 53 at UNC. Tie for second between Calipari and Jim Herrick, who were hired at age 50. I don't think Jerome Tang and the Must Bus should even be considered. I think it's a little bit... If you go back to 1980, things were so different in the 80s. Somebody brought up the point last week about how like Billy Donovan got hired at Florida at age 31. Bob Knight was 30 when he got hired in Indiana. Like people just were more willing to take these leaps of faith back in the day with these younger unproven coaches than they are now. It's just different. And we're also in we're in a unique spot where it's not it's not like we're just hey we've we've hit a little bit of a dip and Let's just hire the right guy, and we can get right back rolling. I think ideally that's the scenario, but it, like we've been so bad now for what for us is an extended period of time. Again, we've we have we've won one NCAA tournament game since since 2015. We've been to two NCAA tournaments since 2015. We have not been since 2019. This is the worst stretch of Louisville basketball in its modern history. <clears throat> if you have to start the process of of, of rectifying that with a bridge coach, with a guy who's really good but who's up there in age who maybe can just get you back on track for five or six years before he calls it a career, I'm fine with that. If Kelvin Sampson wants to come coach this basketball team for six, seven, eight years and he's 68 years old right now, fine. If Rick Pitino wanted to come back and coach this team for five or six years and get it back on track, totally fine. Um, I just want somebody who knows what they're doing. And... It's an understandable feeling to not have a lot of faith in somebody who's only done it for one, two, three years when we're coming off of what we're going to be coming off of, which is taking a guy who'd never done this before and having it be just a a wild, insanely bad failure. So to me, getting a proven commodity is of the utmost importance. Mm -hmm. You can guess a little bit if you have to. If it gets down to it and it's Jerome Tang or it's Dusty May, there's going to be guessing with some element of whoever's hired because there's just not that that can't-miss candidate floating around right now. I would prefer to guess about some of the other things outside of, like, has this guy done it at a high level before? Uh, have they done it for a sustained period of time? I, I think right now you need to have somebody who just knows, who's been in this position before and who's had a period of sustained success. To me, that's the most important thing with whoever the next hire is. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, more from you guys on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Take some text from you guys. We'll roll on in hour number two. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. 
I've never heard this song. What? South Dakota. Sorry. I mean, that's kind of on you. I don't, I, I don't even know what this is. Well, I know the refrain. I mean, you should. No, still nothing. No. Beer for my horses? Nope. <laughs> nope. This stays in Mexico. Here you go. More than you can no, I have no idea. I've never heard this. Oh, my God. We're out of here. I'm disappointed. I, got a drink. Well, the, I thought it was going to be like the ass in the sand one. I got a drink in my mouth. ass uh, in the sand. That's Zach Brown Band. Well... Like I said, I don't know. Close. I don't, I don't know any modern country music except that I liked that song like five years ago. I was like when I taste tequila, I was good with that one. But besides that, I got nothing for you. I got a man in the water, ass in the sand. You'll, you'll at least know the next two. So every time I say, that's like, good. I don't know any of the words of that song clearly, but every time I'm at the beach, like I sit, I sit down, I'm like all I can think of is the ass in the sand song. It just gets in my head. Toes in the water. Ass Toes in, in the, the water. There it is. Toes in the water. Life is good today. That's that's the one. That's my new favorite artist, I guess. Zach Brown. Yeah, it was it was Toby Keith. Zach Brown was second, but now I, I guess Zach Brown jumped him. Mm. Well, I mean, you don't have to stop liking somebody just because they die. That seems pretty cruel. I mean, taking them off the I, list. I mean, just I'm, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna listen to some Toby Keith. But isn't sports. You still get to listen to the music. <laughs> Jeez, Scoots. Seems pretty cruel. Um. We've got, speaking of cruel, we've got new odds on the next head coach to be fired in college basketball. Great. Tony Stubble. <laughs> don't, don't, I mean, we're bringing it up for a reason. Tony Stubblefield was let go on January 22nd. So he actually, he was the surprise second choice. He was, you know, if you bet on Tony Stubblefield, you made some money because Kenny Payne's been the favorite this entire season. Kenny Payne has not been fired yet. He is still the favorite, though, to be the next head coach fired uh, this year, Kenny Payne is given by Bet Online a 44.4% chance to be the next head coach fired in college basketball. He's plus 125 if you want to make a bet. Who do you Where can you bet that? Uh, BetKentucky.com. <laughs> May have to get it. If you had, These are only power conference coaches, okay? Mm-hmm. Who, I don't know if you could even come up with an idea. Who, who would you guess is, the, is number two on this list? It's a distant second. Yeah, I mean, I, like you said, I don't even know if I can come up with anybody. I would say maybe... Juwan Howard? Juwan Howard is third. Oh. Very good guess. He's third. He's given a 9.1% chance of being the next head coach fired. But the other coach really struggling at the power conference level this season is Jerry Stackhouse at Vanderbilt. Oh, I should have guessed that. Who is given a 14.3% chance. Mike Boyd in Oklahoma State is fourth. Wayne Tinkle at Oregon State is fifth. Chris Holtman at Ohio State is sixth. I think Chris Holtman should be a little bit higher on that list. Uh, He gets fired tonight after Indiana beats him. That would be... the. This would be kind of that, you know, learn how to speak uh, field of 68, buddy, type moment for for Chris Holtman if he loses this game tonight against IU uh, because that would be, you know, maybe would torpedo their NCAA tournament. They, they've lost, what, like seven of eight or something? Yeah, they're not good. <laughs> what time is that game, by the way? Uh, seven. So we don't even have to be off early? Nope. Damn. <laughs> you can hear all the action. I mean, of- we can go off <laughs> early if you want. I'm, I'm in control over you here. You can hear all the action of Indiana's road basketball game tonight against Ohio State. 7 o'clock tip-off right here on 1450, the Big X. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. Texas is Kelvin Sampson guy here. What's up, hey, what's up Kelvin Sampson guy? Glad I can't, I can't read that. 
Glad, well, I guess we can read it because it happened. Glad to see Trevor's alive and tweeting, although I wish it was about Kelvin Sampson. <laughs> he did tweet last night. He did. He, he asked me if he should send out a certain tweet. I advised against it. Um, and then he went ahead with something else. So there you go. Texas, our man Trevor is tweeting again. Might get him on the pod. Play cowboy. <laughs> wish I had it. I'm going to have to look in your all's files. Texture says, I need Mike's totally uninformed reaction to the Cody Rhodes, Dwayne The Rock Johnson stuff. So I keep seeing this come up, and I am completely uninformed by this. But WrestleMania is coming up, right? That's mm-hmm. that. Okay, I've got that. That's right. But I guess, so the main event was supposed to be Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes? Maybe? You're, you're no help here. I'm, yeah, I have no idea. But like I, I saw, they brought out the Rock, the Rock, mm-hmm. who's taking Cody Rhodes' place, and wrestling fans, I guess, are furious about this. Like they wanted Cody Rhodes to be in the main event at WrestleMania. They feel like this thing is forced. I keep seeing these Roman Reigns versus the Rock like interview offs, and that's my that's my uninformed reaction. So um, my uninformed stand, I hate it. I hate it. I want I want Cody Rhodes to get that shot. Oh no, you gotta have. I want Cody Rhodes more so than The Rock. The Rock, he's done fighting his cousin. He's done. He's like the richest man in the world That's now. The at this point. Story. Yeah, but don't you still want to see he's him out with, in with action? They're cousins. Yeah, well, I didn't know that. Yeah, him and Roman are they're yeah they're no like part of a family. Give Cody's a true wrestling guy. Cody get, just won the Royal Rumble. He's a true wrestling guy for the second guy. year in a row. That's, Give him his shot. The Rock's had his no, shot. I disagree. He's had too much shine. Get him out of here. That's why you're a casual wrestling fan. You know, the Rock is where it's at. I'm with the diehards. I'm with the true wrestling fans. It's uh, it's all about Cody Rhodes. Did you see? Do we need another Rock? Why don't we just bring Hogan back for another? The Rock. Final? The Rock just does with crowds what nobody else can. Did you see when he came back and he had him chanting "Day One Douchebag"? They're chanting, but they've been it was, chanting. It was epic. They've been chanting like Cody Rhodes and like "F you, Rocky" of the last few shows. Hmm. Wrestling fans want Cody. I stand with the wrestling community. Nah, Cody can suck it. Trevor would agree. Texas, my girl, wouldn't like the bats if they're always coming before expected. I did say that. I realized what was happening in my mind. The second that I said it, I regretted it. There was nothing I could do about it. There was nothing I could do about it. <laughs> I missed it. Yeah, I was like, I was like, the season's coming uh, sooner than expected with the because you know the, the the season's starting in March for Major League Baseball and Louisville Bats baseball. And I said it, and right away I was like, yeah, they, yeah. It's already out there. There's no taking it back now. Just keep going. <laughs> All we can do now is put on a brave face and trudge forward and hope that Pat Kelly doesn't hang up the phone. Texture says, can't read that. Another shot. I hate Luna. Texture says, Papa Mike, you got kids, so you may know this. I have a daughter that it's about to be two and a son due within the month. What is the age that kids can handle going to a Louisville football game? I'm just wondering when this investment starts paying dividends. I think it depends on the kid. Look, we took <laughs> we took Virginia to a game in like three months because our friend had uh, Brandon Williamson club tickets, so we could go inside and we just like we just carried her. It was like raining too; it was pretty cold, and like we brought her and uh, she she handled it pretty well. We've taken her to one game since then. It was the Virginia game where they had the crazy comeback in the fourth quarter and we lost, and that was she she did pretty well for that. Wait, her first game was a Virginia game? No, second game. The first oh, game okay. we beat Syracuse pretty bad. I was like, that's a great story. Yeah, I know. When, when I was screaming, beat Virginia, she didn't really get it. It was, <laughs> it was a rough What'd one. I do, Dad? The terror in her eyes was just <laughs> brother. Like, I hate Virginia. 
<laughs> it's going to be an ongoing thing. I can't wait to explain that. It's going to be great. Well, then what's Virginia Tech? I'm like, oh, God, this is another. I don't know. I mean, like we have not tried to do the thing where we take both kids to a game yet. So I can't give you a definitive answer. I assume it would go poorly. I feel like the only way that we'll, we'll attempt it this year is if we do have like some like rich friend or some rich person who reaches out and just gives us tickets inside somewhere where we can just like let them run around. I think that's the only way that we can do it. Our kids are animals. <laughs> There's no way that they're gonna just sit in, in the actual seats. And also like you don't like I would want to do it for kind of a less important game because you know like, like we do the Notre Dame game, no kids like we just we you know we all wanted we wanted to tailgate with our friends. All of our friends got babysitters and. You kind of want to be able to enjoy it a little bit, and you can't. You you can't really enjoy those games when you've got young kids. I'm sorry, you just can't. If one, maybe, but with two, there's just no way to make it happen. The other thing that I, I'm finding about with, with kids this age too, like Virginia now, she's super inquisitive. Like she's got questions about everything, and I don't always have the answers. And I'll, 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 which I know shocks you. A lot of times, Mary though will do the thing where she just throws me under the bus, and she's like, "Ask Daddy." I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, like, like the other day." Virginia was talking about the other night, like we were looking up at the, um, like the sky and she's like, she could see all the stars, but she couldn't see the moon. And she's like, how come sometimes like when it's a clear night, like the clouds aren't blocking the stars, but you can't see the moon. And Mary's like, um, daddy. And I was like, God, don't, don't do you hit her with the waxing gibbous. Oh, I did not. Waxing like, and waning gibbous. Or there was one time where like, she's, you know, Mary points out the fact like the moon's out in the middle of the day. It's like three o'clock. She's like, we can see the moon. I'm like, oh no. Oh no, she's gonna ask, and I don't have the answer. And sure enough, Virginia's like, "Why can you see the moon during the day?" And Mary's like, "Daddy, I'm like, you son of a bitch." Like, was the moon out last night? Do you know? I didn't see it last night. The stars were all out. My room was stupid bright last night. Then it probably was. slept terrible. Yeah. But I never. I looked up, and I never did see it. I just. I, I feel. Yeah. I feel like you're disappointing the kids. Like I don't have the answer for you. <laughs> so, but like, there will be times where Damn like it. Mary will point something out, and I'll. I, I can see like five. It's like a chessboard. I can see like five moves down. Like what? What questions going to come? And I'm like, just don't say it. Just don't, please don't bring it up. She's going to ask, and I don't have an answer for her. And then you feel like the dumbest parent alive. Texter says, uh, start with the text above this. I accidentally hit send. Okay. <laughs> I'm in 100% agreement with you, Mike, about letting fans fan how they want. The 0405 team got me hooked on Louisville basketball when I was nine. I've missed very few games since then. I would consider myself a diehard fan. But at this point, I want whatever needs to happen to, in- to happen to ensure that we don't get a year three of Kenny Payne. The year three of Kenny Payne fear is just... It's heating up. It's spreading. Like, people are... Remember when, like, you first kind of heard about the the, the coronavirus? (laughs) It was... It's a a terrible thing to say. But, like, you you would hear about it over... It was in in China, and, like, yeah, maybe it's something we have to worry about down the line, and then it's like, oh, you're hearing it's kind of spreading in Europe, but, like... It's still early February. I think we're going to be okay. And every, like nobody's getting that concerned about it. Everyone's telling you that it's going to be fine. And then bam, it happens. And the whole world shut down. Like that's kind of how this feels. Where like I, I think we're going to be okay. I don't think that the 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 you know, him winning a few games here and there is going to, to just automatically trigger a third year. But I can't guarantee it. And the closer we get to March, I mean, hell, maybe that same day. Like, I don't know. I wish I could tell you with 100% certainty that he's he's not going to get a third year, but let's say they they finish with 10 or 11 wins. It's not my bar to clear. I wouldn't bring him back. I, I don't know how you can justify bringing back a coach who's won 17 games in two years at a place like Louisville 
for a third year, but I don't make those decisions, and I can't guarantee that Josh Hurd and the powers that be won't say the same thing. And I think people are people are genuinely terrified that this is now going to happen, so much so that they're doing what the texture saying, which is actively rooting against the team. Texter says, I'm going to send a different Power 6 conference every day and give an over-under. Let's guess how many teams will have different coaches next year when the coaching cycle is over and we can revisit. I'll keep count. Y'all can decide what the winner gets. Let's start with the ACC. Over-under 6.5, I'm thinking over. No way. Yeah, under for sure. 6.5 different coaches in the ACC? I mean, I don't know if you're going to get two. Boston College coach in trouble at all? No, he's fine. He's still year three. They've, they've improved. Earl Grant, he's done a good job. Georgia like, Tech, they've beat Duke in North Carolina, so and he's not going anywhere. first year. Shire and Hubert Davis aren't going anywhere. Leonard I mean, Hamilton, I don't know that they'd get rid of him not as long him. as he'd been there. I mean, like, I, I think Louisville's going to be the only one. If there's another <clears throat> excuse me, gosh. What about Pittsburgh? Hit the cough button. Gotcha. All right, I'm good. If there is another one. Capel would be probably at the top of the list. He's at Pittsburgh. Yes. But, I mean, Forbes maybe. Kevin Keats would be the other one. But at like NC State? NC State. At, at most, I think it's going to be three, and I don't think it's going to be more than two. Like, Laranega, they're having a bad year at Miami. He's not going to get fired. Tony Bennett, safer than safe at Virginia. Shrewsbury's first year. Shrewsbury's first year. Stoudemire's first year. Um, Mike Young is underachieving a little bit at Virginia Tech. He's not going to get fired. So... Yeah, I mean, uh, way under Autry at Syracuse, his first year. I'm saying it's probably just Kenny Payne, and I'll say Kevin Keats make it the Ags. But besides that, I think everybody else. So if it was one and a half, where would you go? I'd go over. Okay. Two and a half, you'd go under? Two and a half, I think I'd go under. I I don't see it being more than two. I mean, I, I guess there's a world if Clemson falls flat on its face down the stretch here and they don't make the NCAA tournament, they might fire Brownell. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think I think at least four teams are going to make the NCAA tournament from the ACC, and then maybe a fifth sneaks in. Like Carolina, Duke, and now Virginia all seem like very safe bets. Clemson still the metrics love them. You know they have a, a ton of quad one wins. They had a great non conference run. As long as they just kind of hold serve in conference play, they're going to make it. And then I guess you look at that group of of like VT Wake Forest. I guess still NC State kind of pit like like one of those teams could get hot and make it. Wake probably has the best chance, but it, you're you're not getting more than five from this conference in this year, and you may not get more than four. But I don't know if Forbes has to make it to to win the job. Now Forbes may leave on his own accord. There, there's all sorts of rumors that West Virginia is going after him, but that wouldn't be getting fired. So I, I go way under six and a half. I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be two coaches. Well, he year. didn't he didn't say fired on the text. He just said how many teams will have different coaches. Different coaches. Okay. So that that changes it a little bit. Okay. Well, that, okay, that does change it a little bit. I still go under six and a half. Same. But I think that I mean because you have so many new coaches. I'll say Forbes leaves. Payne gets fired. Keats gets fired, and then. I mean, I get, like Leonard Hamilton's already said that he's not going to retire, so I guess he could change his mind. But Laranega, I guess, could retire. I don't think it's going to happen. Even if one of those two does, that's only at four, and then I don't think anybody else is getting fired or leaving because like, like nobody's really like Earl Grant and Mike Young have done just enough to kind of keep their jobs but not be heavily coveted by anybody else. Where's Earl Grant? 
Boston College. Oh, okay. Like he's done well enough to to keep his job, but nobody's gonna come beating down the door to try to get Earl Grant away from BC. And Shrewsbury, Autry, Stoudemire all in their first year. So I, I'll say four. Is Boston College good at anything? Um, hockey, right? Are the uh, I could see that. I guess yeah. I think Northeastern is better than they are, but BC I think is good at hockey. They had a good baseball team a few years ago, made the College World Series. They just seem like such a sad athletic program. They kind of are, and and I think that going to the ACC was a bad move for them. Their resources suck, their facilities suck, and it's a look. It's a it's a pro sports town. Nobody cares about BC football, right? Texas says Station ID ruined Toby's best song. I guess the whatever one you played at the end. Of the I first ain't hour. as good as I once was. Mm. You know that one, right? I told you I only know like early Toby Keith and then I guess the ones that got like really popular. I mean that one is arguably his biggest song in the last twenty five years. Like I know "Boot Up Your Ass." <laughs> if there's a country song with "ass" in the title, I know it. <laughs> That's not in the title, but yeah. <laughs> Did he do "Barbecue Stain"? No, that was uh, Kenny Chesney. Texas says Billy May's Maybe. passing right up there with Robin Williams. Classic Gill. Texas says a scoot bomb in the lavatory is the best thing I've heard on the show in years. Was that brought up earlier where, today? Where did you get that? From 1254. Were you dropping bombs in the bathroom? Oh, he texted in earlier. I got it. No, so I I, I had a hot take. I said so-and-so was going to win outright tonight. I can't even remember who it was. And then John goes, scoot's bomb, and he dropped the comment that a scoot bomb usually only happens in the lavatory. <laughs> and me and Tony did not laugh, so he had to... Had to read the text. Thank God this texter texted in for, for the psyche of John Spears. There it is. He needed it. Texter says, places are leaving downtown because of crime. Let's be honest. No, they're not. Um, I don't think? I, I knew it was Chris the Plumber before I even <laughs> had to scroll up to see if it was. Texter says, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid, but I'm ready to chug me some Tang. Okay. Don't Don't phrase it like that, please. <laughs> Texas says, Scoots, uh, quote, do you really want your kids to be Lions fan? My man, you're an IU fan. Pipe pipe down, sweetheart. That's true, but I don't have kids that I'm ingraining that in. Well, I mean, I'm assuming you, you'll want your kids to be IU fans. I mean, that'd be nice, but I don't I don't know that I'm going to pressure them like that. But, uh, whatever. You should. I'm probably not going to have kids, let's be honest. Yes, you, I mean, you, babe, this, is why you gotta, this is why you have to go speed dating at the quarry. <laughs> That'll lead to kids? Yes. <laughs> it's proven. Speed dating, speed kids. Texter says, it's 420. Happy uh, Shel Silverstein Day. If you know, you know. R.I.P. What is Scoots' favorite poem? I'm sure the answer is Toby Keith, signed Toby Keith Hater. Uh, I don't know a poem. No, can, you can't name a poem. I don't think I can name a single poem. Yes, no. you can. I, I really can't. I, no. Is Hamlet, like, are those considered poems? No, that's a screenplay what's well, not <laughs> well whatever it is it's not a <laughs> i can't name a poem no i mean I, roses are red violets are blue i know that one that but, poem. Every, but everybody changes the end words to it well it's still a poem it's a it's a, it's a i mean <laughs> first of all, it's Hamlet. roses are red violets are blue i'm an iu fan can i get a boo there we hey, go there you go <laughs> um you can name a poem i can't I, I really can't name me what are the most famous poems what is the most famous poem? I mean, Footprints in the Sand, John Calipari. Isn't that a prayer? No, it's a it's a it's it's a poem. That's not a poem. Yes, it's it about is. walking with Jesus, right? It's a poem. I mean, The Raven, 
Edgar Allan Poe? Mm-mm. Quote that's, the Raven Nevermore? That's not a book. No. It's a poem? It's a poem. Yeah, I don't know any poems. You know poems. I promise I don't. Um, I mean, like, Shakespeare did have poems within his plays. Yeah, I've, I've got nothing. Shall I compare thee to a Midsummer's Day? The Road Not Taken, Robert Frost? Mm-mm. I've heard of it. Couldn't tell you what it is. Or about. Mm, okay. I'm telling you, I'm not I'm not a poetic guy. I can write some mean poems. Back in the day I was a I was a mean poem writer. Haiku guy. No, not really a haiku guy, no. Do you see so uh you know, Taylor Swift's new album or whatever is like the what is like the the broken poets society something like that. It's like some reference to like the poets. She's 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 ripping on her tortured poets. She's ripping on her ex-boyfriend, I guess, had a, a friend's text group that was like the Tortured Boyfriends Club or something, and mm-hmm. so she's making fun of him. And someone just said, the Tortured Poet's actually Travis Kelsey, and dug up his tweet from 2010 where he said, you did not just try and get educated on me. The Haku poems? I haven't heard of one of those since high school English class. <laughs> SMH. The Haku poems. H-A-K-U. I think you and Travis Kelsey have the same same taste in poetry. Yeah, I'm looking up like the best, most well-known poems. And What did they uh, say? There we go. Here we go. I know of this one. Only because of Full House. Okay. Oh, Captain, my captain. There you go. Most people would say Dead Poet Society, but still. Yeah. Full House is, is equally good. <laughs> Texture says, uh, Scoots really wants to know what the 15-year-olds are saying about him. Jesus. <laughs> Texture says, we all know how Scoots, uh, how Gil made it up to Scoots. He grabbed his hand, lifted him on the shoulders, and said, look how tall you are, Scoots. That's from Scoot Tater. Suck it, Scoot Tater. Suck it, Scoot Tater. Texture says, you all know who's also part of the Tang Gang, some guy named Trevor Kelsey. I saw it on Twitter last night. Yes. We know. Texture says, in no universe should Indiana ever lose to Penn State in a basketball game, much cool. less inside Assembly Hall. Even Hoosier walk-on should be able to beat them. Mike Woodson is an embarrassment. That was, that was bad. That's the real reason I wasn't here yesterday. I wanted to avoid that stinker of a game. I did say that. I was like, Scoot runs away the second Louisville actually wins a game and IU has an embarrassing loss against Penn State. I mean, that, that's like the last, kind of the last straw for IU, right? The, all, all hope is out the window after that loss. I would think so, yeah. I mean, that's the good thing about playing in the Big Ten, though. You still have opportunities, but I just don't foresee that happening. Yeah, though. but you're 13-9. The yeah, metrics hate you. It's, we were 10-3 and three at one point. You are also favored to, to you're predicted to be an underdog in every game you have yep. the rest of the season. Correct. If you don't start winning some big games. I mean, at least you could, like, ruin Purdue's. Yeah. See with a win next week. I think like that. Yeah, is that? Is that I think it's Saturday. 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 Yeah, you are predicted to lose by twenty. One Ken Palm. It's not good. Oh, I'm taking the Hoosiers plus the twenty. We'll see. Believe that. All right, we got one hour left. We'll take some more text from you guys. We'll make some predictions about the night ahead in the world of sports. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on fourteen fifty and ninety six one. It's the Big X.
in between. She only shows to me. I don't know this one. Yes, stop it, Mike. I don't. I, was, I knew you were mad at me. I, I don't so know this song. This is arguably Toby's best song ever. Is this whiskey Girl? Oh, I do know this song. She's my little whiskey girl. There you go. I know this song, yeah. I tell him, man. She ain't in a wine and roses. I know this song. Jeez, I really didn't know the last one, but I've heard this one. At least you've heard this one. You're about to give me a heart attack. <laughs> I mean, that was the visceral reaction. Oh, that would have made me so mad if you didn't know Jeez, this. my little whiskey girl. I know that. Yeah, I know that. R.I.P. to Kit, too. Oh, it's someone kidding. To Toby Keith. <laughs> almost fumbled over my words there. R.I.P. to Toby Keith. Uh, very sad. to call him? Yeah, very, very well. I almost said Kenny Payne. I was like, <laughs> we're, I'm so used to just saying it. But, uh, but Toby Keith, very, very sad news this morning, passing away at the age of 62. So we've been honoring him with music all day long. Scoots is... Uh, a big, big Toby Keith guy. So we've been playing his music. I, I, I was hoping I would hear. You said, yeah, I think you already played them for other shows because you do seventy-five shows in the Big X now. Mm-hmm. God love you. But you know, I, I was more of a should have been a cowboy. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll play all I that. I didn't know now. I'll play all the uh, classics on Thursday for you. Okay, we, we'll do but that. I've been playing the classics all day, so I kind of wanted to go a little deeper. I'm fine. I'm well, gonna rock Toby all the way home. I tell you that. It's sing at the top of my lungs. God love you. Uh, 5 o'clock hour here at the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 96 one of the big eggs. If you're just joining us, we had Pat Kelly, the Louisville Bats manager, on in the first hour. We talked about last night's women's basketball loss to NC State. Not with Pat Kelly, but just in general. We've taken a lot of texts. We talked about college basketball in general last night. Jerome Tang making a big statement to the Louisville fans that he wants this job. <laughs> Not really, but big win for him over Kansas last night. Virginia's doing that thing again. All sorts of college basketball discussion. And also the Louisville football spring game. We have a date for that now. Friday, April 19th. It's going down at LNN Stadium at 7 o'clock. Circle your calendars. Plan ahead. It's going to be fantastic. Um, I just saw this during the break. So Liam Cohen, the former, now former, two-time, two-time yep. Kentucky offensive coordinator. He's doing his introductory press conference with the Tampa Bay Bucks, where he's taking the job. And he went on a kind of, kind of a, a spiel about we you know, inheriting Baker Mayfield, inheriting some of these running backs. My dad lives an hour and a half from Tampa. All this stuff. He said, for me and my family, this was a no-brainer. No-brainer decision for him to leave Kentucky. Well, yeah, you're living in Tampa. No doubt it's a no-brainer. No-brainer. UK fans are upset about it. Hmm. They say, enjoy him, Tampa. He's just going to be gone in another year. <laughs> I mean, look, the guy does kind of talk out of the side of his neck. Like, you know, he, he comes back after the, you know, he leaves for the Rams. He's kind of a whatever stint with the Rams, comes back. And not only does he come back, but he, he, he like guarantees that he's going to be there for multiple seasons. And then, bam, he's trying to go to like, he's looking for any port in the storm. I mean, he tried to go to like five different places before he landed with the Bucks. And it's, uh, you know, look, it's, uh, I'd, I'd be a little jilted if I was a UK fan as well. Especially when he's sitting there saying, "Like, yeah, of course, who wouldn't want to leave Lexington for for the NFL? Like, that's a, it's, it's a slap in the face." But Vince Merrill, double him up, <laughs> offensive and defensive coordinator. It's gonna happen. It's gonna be terrific. Um, we read the. Uh, I, I, here's something that I'm curious about now with general college basketball stuff. So I, I mentioned this to you a couple weeks ago. I'm doing the freelance stuff for SB Nation. I, I did a feature today that, that posted today. About Tennessee. Mm-hmm. 
I think that they're they're a really interesting story. And I know you look at them and you're like, well, why are they interesting? It's a power conference team that's really good. But they're also probably the best program that's never been to a Final Four. They're sort of synonymous with, at least in recent years, regular season success and then not being able to get it done in the NCAA tournament. They have a head coach. We went down the list of active coaches, all-time wins, a few weeks ago. Rick Barnes is fourth on that list. There's only three coaches in Division I that have more wins all-time than Rick Barnes. He's 69 years old, and he's probably staring down a legacy of like being in that group of best coaches to never win at all. And that's it's a dubious distinction. He's been to one Final Four, but he still is also kind of like Tennessee, synonymous with with March Madness failure. He his last six NCAA tournament teams in Texas didn't make it out of the first weekend, and that includes a team with Kevin Durant. He at Tennessee has had one failure after another, and they've almost always been at the hands of like a Cinderella. He's also one in twelve all time in the Big Dance against better seeded teams, Woof. which is insane. Like that, that's that's not not good at all. And then you've also got the story of Dalton Connect, who is six one coming out of high school. Only offers are to junior colleges. He goes to a junior college. He's not even a good junior college player his first year. He's averaging like eight points per game. Then grows five inches, works his ass off, becomes good enough to get a scholarship at the Division One level to North at Northern Colorado. Is a good, not great player his first year there. And then averages over 20 points per game last season to lead the Big Sky in scoring and becomes kind of a hot commodity on the on the recruiting trail in, in the transfer portal. Chooses Tennessee because he sees a program that is really good at defense, needs an offensive contributor, fits his style. He vibes with Rick Barnes, their assistant coach, uh, Cody Brown, is, is a junior college guy. And he's like, okay, I feel like my offensive game is NBA ready. I need to get my defensive game to that point. This is a place where I can do it. It winds up being the perfect fit. But it's seen nationally as like this quality ad, but not something that's going to change their program. And now Connect is being viewed as like a first-round pick. He's one of the arguably the best pure scorer in college basketball. He's been fantastic this all this whole season. You've also got Zakai Ziegler, who's torn his ACL twice in college, five foot nine point guard, playing the best basketball of his career. It all goes to this point. Like they kind of have like this. Cinderella feel to them, uh, like all these cool storylines if they get it done. But there's this narrative out there that none of these things can happen because Tennessee and Barnes just fail, fall flat on their face every single year in the NCAA tournament. The metrics love them. The eye test loves them. I think they're really, really good. Um, so I wrote about them. But I had this thing when I was doing this full time where whenever I wrote about a team, they lost their next game. Whoa. And it got to a point where like the accounts of teams would openly like, be pissed off if I wrote about them, especially the mid-major ones that are kind of paying more attention to this stuff. So Tennessee, they play tomorrow, and it's at home against LSU. And I kind of want to know if I still got it. So <laughs> I'll be betting. Tennessee's going to be like a 14, 15, 16-point favorite in this game. If you want to you know, just just throw a grenade, like, like take a shot at LSU Moneyline, this is probably the time to do it. Just throw a like, $10 Moneyline bet out there on LSU, and if the curse is still alive and well, you may be handsomely paid for it, but keep an eye on that tomorrow. And if you want to read it, go to espionation.com. It's uh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. If you don't care about Tennessee, you may not enjoy it. It's all good. 
Um, the, the Thornton Sucks line's 502-414-1450. We can get back there uh, in just a second. Scoots, have you seen the story about the Dartmouth athletes? I have, yes. Oh, I can already tell where you're going with this. Yeah, I hate it. The inflection in your voice I just gives it, it away. Uh, there, there was a decision yesterday by the National Labor Relations Board that ruled the Dartmouth men's basketball team are technically employees and have the right to vote and potentially form a union. Now, if this is something that holds up, because there's going to be an appeal process, and we'll see what they say at this point. This isn't the first time this has happened. Northwestern famously tried to form a union uh, a long time ago before the NIL era happened, and it ended up getting shot down. But if this does wind up holding up in a court of law, this could, according to a lot of people, be the domino effect, the start of the domino effect that winds up just taking the NCA from, hey, what do they really do? They're just kind of a figurehead to just being completely extinct. The schools would have to pay the players. You know, you'd have salaries, you'd have minimum wage, all that stuff would come into play, and it would be a historic thing. Like, like th- this is the furthest that the the union movement has progressed. the The Northwestern thing was back in 2014, and the same group, the NLRB, rejected that unionization attempt by Northwestern players. By, because they said that only some of the school's athletes on campus would be able to unionize. And now they're kind of changing ship and saying that like, by the standards of employees, everyone on this Dartmouth men's basketball team fits that. And because of that, they have the right to unionize. And this could change the game a little bit. We're, we're already seeing drastic changes across the landscape of college sports. This could be the next step. I know you hate it. What, what happens to Neil? If this passes. It's a great question. Say I, this passes full full throttle every school, their players are employees. What what happens to Neil? Are we are we are we double dipping? We're getting paid from the school and for our name, image, and likeness. You can't have it both ways. It's gotta be one or the other. We well, should have never opened this Pandora's box to begin with with the whole nil situation, and now we're gonna have double the situations to deal with. Well why seems ridiculous. Why can't you? If the law says you're legally an employee. It's so like you're an employee of Big X Sports Radio. I mean, we're going. We you can are, pay, but but if a company comes to you and says, "I want Justin Kalen to endorse," you know, Titleist Golf. Come on, you're making money off that. Oh yeah, I wouldn't be mad. the The issue though is like you know, you're saying like, what happens if this? What, what do we do? We don't know what's happening. What's going to happen with NIL, regardless of what happens in this world, because the NCA has got no playbook. They they've got no plan. They're just kind of letting this whole thing play out. So. Yeah, there's a very real chance that it all just kind of like the dust settles in five years and we have no idea how to handle any of this because there's there's nobody stepping up and trying to to regulate it at all. And I don't know. Like, I mean, it's basically professional sports at that point, well, yeah, right? It, it is professional sports. I mean, we're, we're, it already kind of Yeah, is. we may already be there, yeah. In a lot of ways, it always has been. I think now we're just giving the actual people doing the work a, a cut of the pie. I mean, it's been... It's always been a farce to say that this, the NCAA tournament generates on the men's side a billion dollars for the NCAA. It's quite literally a billion dollar industry, and we're acting like it's just amateur sports. Like, oh, Kenny from English class is suiting up to play in this basketball game. Like, that's not what's happening here. Like, it, it's been a big business for a long, long time. We're just finally acknowledging it openly. But how do you keep it from becoming just? like a mini NBA 
or a mini NFL? Because I don't, I don't think that fans of the college game want it to get that way. No. But there may be no way to avoid it at this point. And, you know, we, we've got the mega conferences starting next year. That's going to change the landscape of the sport. Uh, it, it's going to definitely, it already has taken on more of a professional feel, and I feel like that's only going to increase in, in the coming years. I, I think what, what college basketball is always going to have for it, at least until greed changes this, which is already being talked about, is you've still got the tournament. It doesn't matter what's going on with the conferences. It doesn't matter what's going on with this player earning that much or whatever. The ultimate determinant on how we view the sport is that three-week stretch or that four-week stretch if you want to include conference tournaments in March and early April. And it's the great... It's You could have a team like Miami or whoever else, which is openly paying players six figures. And if they don't bring it on a particular night, like they're going to get upset by by Princeton. Princeton beat Arizona last year. Arizona was, you know, they've got some dudes that they went out and found uh, that they gave some big NIL deals to. Uh, Princeton comes in, they beat them on that given night. Like it's, I think you're still always going to have that tournament to point to. And college football has always been more of a professional, had, had more of a professional field than basketball yeah. has. And I think that that's, only going to continue. My bold prediction for the next 10 years is that college football eventually just breaks away from the NCAA entirely and does become kind of its own thing. Yeah, it seems like the scuttlebutt around. And I, I do hate that just because of maybe it's just nostalgia. Maybe it's just because I want that continuity that we've always had. But also, like, like college football, like there's, there's something to be said for just the pageantry of it. I know it sounds generic and it sounds silly, but just, you know, the tailgating the you know the, the bands the cheerleaders all that stuff like just the the feel of a game day at the college level has always been different than the NFL and I'd like to at least keep that difference in some way shape or form but it sounds like this may be unavoidable I think that's why it gets to me so much is first of all I'm just super hesitant to change as it is maybe that's the catholic in me growing up I'm not not really sure where that comes from but everything was so good with college athletics 10, 15 years ago, right? I mean, everything was all hunky-dory, and then we opened this whole nil Pandora's box, and now we're just going to continue to open boxes. It drives me nuts. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we haven't felt the, like, I still enjoy the college, like, if Louisville was good, I still would enjoy college basketball every bit as much as I, as I always have. I haven't felt the difference that much yet, but it does seem like more changes are coming, and if they expand the NCAA tournament, I guess eventually I'll get to a point where I can wrap my mind around it and I'll accept it, but I don't know why we have to mess with something that's so good. At least, yeah. at least when it comes to that, like the NCAA tournament, we argue about everything in sports. Like we argue about the 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 layout of every professional postseason ad nauseum, and it seems like the one thing that we can all agree on, as American sports fans, is how great March Madness is. And now you've got people who are like, well, well, hold on, let's screw it up a little bit. Let's, let's screw with it. Let's see if we can make it a little bit better. And you kind of already had that happen a little bit with the first four and, and the uh, initially the playing games and now the first four. But like that's such a slight thing that people don't even care. You know, Whoever the, the two 16 seeds are that make it into the draw and the last two at-large bids to make it into the draw, it's, you know, you, you, maybe you're paying attention to it, but like you're not, it doesn't really affect the main draw of the tournament that much, uh, typically. But if you expand the tournament to, say, like 92 teams or whatever they're talking about doing, it's going to change the entire landscape of the sport. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know, like, why? It's, it, it makes no sense to me. People are making money off this. 
the only thing I can think of is I understand why if you're a coach, you're vouching for that because you get to say, hey, made the if you're like the 78th seed, you can say made the NCAA tournament in 2026 when you couldn't say the same thing three years ago. It maybe adds more job stability. Um, but for the fans, you know, we're the ones who I think will get screwed if that does wind up happening. Just just leave it alone. Let's hope not. Just don't mess with it. That's the one good thing in sports. And I was I was even hesitant about adding the play-in games. But now I've gotten to the point where I like that just because it does give you those smaller schools getting in there and getting their chance. But, I mean, I, I would be so against moving it anymore. I, I think 64 is perfect. Yeah. Especially now that we have 32 conferences. Take 32 at large. Take 32 automatic bids. The only thing that I hate about the playing games, because I, I do selfishly like having those couple of games to watch on Tuesday, Wednesday. It's yeah. a nice little appetizer before everything hits you on For Thursday. Sure. I hate that you've got two 16 seeds that don't really get to experience the main draw of the tournament. And the pushback on that but is... it's better than them not experiencing anything. It is, but still, you win your conference tournament, you deserve to play in March Madness. The, the, the actual March Madness. So the, you're, the yeah, main draw. Yes, okay, I'm, I'm with you. I now. would so say tournament winners, conference winners should not play in those playing games. No. I, yeah, I, so I, we're we're on the same page. Right, I, I think make make the tournament 64 teams and take away two at-large, or four at-large bids. We don't need those, you know, sometimes those teams go on the, the big runs, like UCLA came out of the, the first four and went to the final four. VCU did it the first year. They had the first four. But by and large, like we don't need those teams. Like you haven't earned your way into it. You can make the accurate case that, like, if you won a few more games, you could have met. Like, this, the regular season still has to mean something. And I think taking those bids away from the last four at large would go a long way towards accomplishing that. I, I just I hate if you asked the players at the low major, like the MEAC schools, the MAAC schools, the SWAC schools, who are almost always, if they win their conference tournament, going to go to the first four. I think if you ask them, would you rather like beat Robert Morris in Dayton and then go on to the main draw or just know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you're going to play like a Kansas, a Kentucky, a North Carolina, a Duke and have that experience? They're, they're all taking that experience. Even if you get the brakes beat off you in a one I don't know. I, I think there's a faction of players that would rather have the win. Because, I mean, you've got to go in with the mindset that we're playing a similar similar team to us Let's just go ahead and win that, and then we can go and play Kansas, Kentucky, whoever, and get our break speed in, you know? Well, but you're also running the risk of not winning that game. And just like your NCAA, like nobody even remembers you're in the tournament. Yeah, but I mean, if you go play a can't, let's continue to use Kansas, you're, I mean, you know going in that you don't have a shot in that game. Well, we had a 16B to 1 last year. That's true. Would you rather, you know, lose to Kansas in the first round by 25, but have, get a chance to play Kansas, or lose to, you know, m- Missouri, you know, Northwest State, Tech, in a Tuesday night game in Dayton that nobody's watching. Yeah, no, I mean, I get it, but if if you lose that game, end up losing that game, that's kind of on you. You should have been more prepared and ready. If you wanted to go face that Kansas team, should have should have became in ready. I, I think you deserve the right. If you win your conference tournament, you should get to play. In the I don't know. If I'm, if I'm a player, I would much rather have a win. Well, yeah, I mean, because there's not very many have people. have the win, but you're, you're risking it, is my point. It's like you're running the risk of gotta, not getting that win. Got to risk it to get the biscuit. Not necessarily. <laughs> you're supposed to be uh, – I, I would just take those teams in. Like, just get rid – and if we are, if you do want to keep the first four, just make it the last eight at-large teams. Just make it all at-large teams playing in Dayton. Yeah, I don't, People watch those games more. I don't disagree more, with that. Yeah. They're more interested in those games, and you get the 16 seeds in the field automatically. I just – I think that that's the only fix that I have. Outside of that, the NCAA tournament's perfect. Leave it alone. Don't mess with it. Agreed. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Texture says, 
I cannot believe that I said six and a half on that uh, coach's question. I meant four and a half. I'll give you guys that because I messed it up. See you all tomorrow. But Scoots was right. I did mean new coach under any circumstances. Four and a half is closer to, the I think, a legit over-under for yeah. that new coaches in the ACC. Uh, I'll, I'll still take the under. I think you have four guys maybe not here next year who are here right now. Uh, but that's the most that I would say. Texture says everyone loves the little uh, late night tang. You ever had tang? I have. It's okay. I was. I, I remember. I think there was a brief period where I kind of liked it. <laughs> I mean, we're just opening ourselves up to all sorts. Of... <laughs> Texture says uh, Billy Mays from Scoots was such a curveball. LMAO. What? <laughs> no, I was not expecting it. Billy Mays here. Texas says they haven't incentivized people to go downtown like in Nashville. It's because of our local government. I think that's, yeah. Texas says Mike heard the new Bozich sound. It's barf worthy. Mm-hmm. What did Bozich say now? I kind of have to know. I've not, I've not seen it. I've not heard it. I'm guessing it's a, it's not critical of Kenny Payne, but I have not heard the sound. Texas says J6 Gill. That's, uh, another reference to yeah, Gil yeah. being part of the insurrection. <laughs> Texture says, what about old captain, my captain, Scoots? Yep, that's the one I named. All I got. Texture says, Scoots doesn't know that nothing gold can stay. Question mark. Nothing gold can stay. Nope, don't know. Texture says, we need cowboy. Cowboy. <laughs> Texture says, anything Emily Dickinson is the best. Not familiar. Texture says... Step one, athletes at a school unionize. Step two, the university cuts all non-revenue sports, especially the mid-majors. Step three, profit. NIL is one thing, but this would be a death blow to mid-major athletics especially. I agree with that, and I, I do. As much as I understand the player's point of view, I would hate that. Like You would have a lot of schools that would cut a lot of non-revenue sports. And in the end, it would be, I think, a bad thing for a lot of people. Texas says... Um, Careful scoots with the Mike Rutherford year of love designation. It's not working out too well these days for the last guy. People are saying it's the new Madden curse. I said it was for both you guys. Years twenty twenty four is not the year for me. I'm telling you, I mean, why? We're one month into it. Mm, just, why are you I not just, open to it happening? I'm just, I'm open to it happening. I've just got this feeling in my bones. It's not this year. You're just not gonna. You're not going to go out of your way to make it happen. I told, you're not going to work. If it falls in your lap, that's one thing, but you're not going to work for it. I told so periodically on Kentucky Roll Call, I'll tell stories about how I, I see a girl out in public that I, I'm interested in. And I promised them that the next time I see a girl out in public that I'm interested in, I will go up and talk to her. Well, see, there you go. So we'll, we'll see if that happens or not. The bad thing is I'm not, I'm not in public all that often. <laughs> you know what you need to do? Opening line here. It works nine times out of ten. Oh, boy. You see a cute girl, she's talking to a friend. Just kind of peruse up next to her and be like, you guys talking about Bride of Chucky? <laughs> it's a fantastic icebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> I could think of others. I don't know if that's the one I'll roll with. Seven words. You guys talking about Bride of Chucky. You're in. <laughs> Done. It's a great meet-cute story. It's like a Billy Mays curveball there. You guys talking about Brad Chucky? No. I, so I, I say that because I did have somebody I knew who used that one time. 
And it worked? <laughs> no. This, <laughs> this girl goes, this girl looks at him. I mean, I have the utmost respect for this girl and just goes, is that like your line or something? <laughs> <laughs> he tried after that. It didn't work. Texas Scoots had me, had me thinking it could have been Kobe, Paul Walker, or even Betty White, not the dude that sold me a blender. <laughs> the buildup was like you were very genuine. Like I, I thought it was going to be one of the bigger names, and then you hit us with Billy Mays. I loved him. But wait, there's more. He was so energetic. Uh, he always made me happy. Anytime he came on the TV, I was happy. Texas says, I was listening to Diener this morning, and they said that the Troll Pub reported that on a game night, they would average about $8,000 a few years ago. Now they average about $3,000 on a game night. It's so sad to see these businesses taking a hit because of bad hiring decisions that the university made. It sucks. It, it's, yeah. I, I feel for the Troll Pub. I we used to do shows there. I used to go there before games a lot. Place is fun. Great fun. Good food. Um, talked with a lot of people there back in the day, and to hear that they're having that little success now, it's uh, it sucks. Texas Jimmy Buffett passing hit me really hard. It's difficult to listen to his music now because every song's central theme is about enjoying life while it's here, because nothing is guaranteed. That does kind of change things when yeah. you you know you're talking about somebody who's. I, I can see how if you were a big Buffett fan, you're listening to him talk about. Enjoy life because nothing's tomorrow's not given. It would it would hit you a little bit differently. Who's the one celebrity living now that'll tear you up the most? I don't. I mean, I I don't have like a like there there are a lot of celebrities who I like, but there's not one person who I'm like oh I'm just I'm super into that guy. Like I I I don't know. Like I don't have that person who I feel like is going to just wreck me when they die. I know it's a bad answer. I, I just I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking about I don't know if I have one either. I don't think I fan hard enough, I guess. <laughs> Texture says, I get the downtown angle, but there's a lot of happy human employees who don't want to work in the office. And that's the thing. That's the, the long and short of it is people don't want to work in offices anymore. So companies use it as a easy cost-cutting tool. And these bigger built office buildings across the country are just, they're screwed long-term. Because eventually, like people are just gonna be like, I don't. I'm gonna take a job where I can work from home. Texas says, FYI, Humana downtown workers are just consolidating into the other building they own. Yeah, by the Yum Center, they basically have too much downtown real estate for in-person employees post COVID. Between the main tower and the Waterside building, the, the same amount of workers will still be downtown. They, yeah, I'm saying these the bigger buildings with the high rise offices, they're they're done. It's done. Uh, my mom texted in and said, I still miss Davy Jones. Yeah, she's big, big Davy Jones. Hmm. Um, when he passed away, it was. I did message her. She was like, thanks for reaching out. I'm doing okay. Aunt Betsy's having a really hard time. I was like, that's, <laughs> that's a great message. Let's take our last break. When we come back, we'll cycle through as many of your texts as we can at 502-414-1450. And then some big X, big bets coming for tonight's College Hoops action. It's all coming your way next here on 1450 96.1. My little whiskey girl She's my little whiskey girl My ragged on the edges girl Oh, but I like them well, I was getting kind of tired of her in the chatter Nothing I could say I 
counts on satisfaction with a little less talk and a lot more action. There we go. Final segment of the day here on 1450 96.1 The Big X. R.I.P. to Toby Keith. Been celebrating Toby today. Scoots is hurting. Toby Tuesday. Toby Tuesday. Uh, we also have IU basketball coming your way at 7 o'clock. The Hoosiers will take on Ohio State on the road. Thanks for reminding me. You can hear that right here on 1450 The Big X as the Indiana fall from grace continues. I think it started when they almost lost to Louisville. That was kind of the first slur. I was like, eh, I don't know. If I true. think more so when they almost beat Kansas. You think that hurt him? Yeah, I think that that game really just kind of started the tumble. I mean, I, you you win that game, it completely changes the whole mindset. It also didn't help that they, I, I think, are just not good at basketball. Yeah, that's been, not, the, that's not been great. the big thing for me. Not great. It's tough to win basketball games when you're just not that good at basketball. Well, and we haven't been healthy either. That too, but more like just not being good is part of it. I would know from experience with my teams. That's um, true. That's the way that it works. Uh, 502-414-4050, you got about 20 minutes here. I've got some Big X Big Bets to hand you at the bottom of the hour, yes. and then we'll make some top 25 picks. We have the Scoots uh, Toby Keith parlay special tonight as well, Oh yeah, which he'll hand out for free. It's not going to charge you for that pick. No. He's going to give it to you for free. Yeah. And we will take some texts, though, before we get there. 502-414-1450. Texture says, Scoots, I'm not a girl, but if you keep singing Toby, I may fall in love with you. Hey-o. It's something. I mean, that's, that's a start. I, I, I know I'm getting some good feedback there, so if I just... Yeah, I'll go around and sing Toby to the to the ladies. Texture says, no scoots. Country music used to be about what was going on in the artist's life. Now it's about a cold beer. You got to throw in the cold beer song or your album's going to flop. Also, obligatory small town reference, even though you're from Chicago. Don't don't forget your truck as well. I do love that all – nobody ever talks about a lukewarm beer in a country. Sure. It's always yeah. a cold beer. By the way, have you – so you don't listen to much new country. I don't. There's a song out right now. By Hardy, who a lot of people say he's not even country, but the, what is, I'm trying to think. I woke up on the wrong side of the truck bed this morning. Mm. That's like the most country song of all time. That's an A-plus play on words right there. <laughs> oh, wait, we're doing that thing again. It happens like once a month where the phone just won't stop ringing out there. It's going to drive me crazy. Stopped. I know. All you had to do is talk it into existence. Texas, in light of Payne's recent recruiting failures, the advent of NIL, and the revelation that Kansas was just massively cheating to get top recruits. Has your view on the old Nike versus Adidas thing changed? Do Portal Kids care about the shoe company affiliation? Portal Kids, no. You don't think? No. I, I think it's still... Like, and I don't know how this this whole thing works like to a T. Because there are, every now and then, the high school recruits that will sort of buck the trend and they'll play for a Nike AAU program. And then we'll sign with an Adidas school, but it is rare. It, it's still crazy to me that in this day and age, like you so often will see a recruit whose final list of schools will be all Nike or all Adidas. Like so many times, I'm like, oh, we're competing with Indiana. Used to be UCLA back in the day, and Kansas with a kid for a game. Like they're just listing Adidas schools, and it's I don't know how it works. Like it, it, the same system's been at play for a long time. Mm-hmm. Nike's done the thing where they can legally and by NCAA rules. If there's a kid out there who they think is going to be a big-time player, they'll go to a relative of his or a person who they already trust in his general area who's been doing grassroots stuff for a long time, and they'll just either have somebody launch a new AAU team around this kid or they'll get him with a coach who they, they already know who's on like their, kind of their roster, and they'll just give him a ton of money. 
And the, the most obvious case was the Marvin Bagley thing where you know, Bagley establishes himself as a top-tier talent when he's going into high school. They go to his, I think, father-in-law and say, like, you know, let's start an AAU team. They start an AAU team. It's a bunch of kids around him. It's, it's Marvin Bagley and a bunch of kids who suck. And Nike can give them, like, $700,000. Jeez. And technically, it funds their their uniforms and their travel and their tournament fees and all this stuff. But realistically, it's going just to the kids' family to get them on the payroll for a long time. And it's it's by the book. And we've it's been going on for a long, long time. And it's how you get kids committed to your brand forever. And you want to know my uh, sports is dirty story? Yes, of course. All right. So I, I was living down in Jacksonville at the time, and there's a – the high school, there's a high school down there who plays a national schedule. They only had six home games that season. So I was in talks with them about broadcasting all the home games for them. So I had a meeting with the athletic director, the assistant athletic director at a at a restaurant of some sort. And I get there, the assistant athletic director sitting at the table. The athletic director walks in, talking on his phone, hangs it up as he gets to the table. And he goes, yeah, that's not what we wanted to hear. And the assistant <laughs> looks at him and goes, huh, guess we're going to have to knock out our full tie than one fail swoop. And I'm sitting here like, what has happened? Are they literally talking about this in front of me? Then he extends his hands and we we shake hands. It's like I wasn't even there, Mike. They continue to talk about how it was a kid from New York. They wanted him to come down to their high school. Well, I guess his mom had a religious show, so that's what they were talking about with the full tithe. They were just going to throw her a ton of money for her religious show, mm. a.k.a. for the family, just so he would come down and play at their high school. Mom was still hesitant. All this is going on during our, our meeting, mind you. Mom was still hesitant, so the athletic director called one of his buddies, who was an assistant for Florida at the time, and told him to call the mom and tell her that they're interested in that kid, but only if he comes and plays at their high school. Jeez. Like what? Yeah, that's wild. That was all of this happening right in front of me, and I'm like, holy smokes! I knew sports was dirty, but I've never seen it play out right in front of me. Yeah, every now and then, even people like us who are like, we're not in the dirt, we're not, we're not digging, doing the. Like every now and then, you get close enough to kind of just get a sense of. Like, I, I didn't realize it was this bad. Yeah, it's happened to me several times so over the last 15 years or so, and it's it's always. I mean, sports are dirty at every level. It's always a little bit jilting for sure. Texture says, um, barbecue stain was Tim McGraw. Come on now. Oh, yeah. I knew, yeah, I knew that. Tim McGraw. Killing me in that miniskirt. <laughs> Texture says, is Humpty Dumpty uh, the story a poem? I believe Humpty Dumpty is more of a nursery rhyme. Isn't it, Nursery rhymes is, is like a song, not a poem, right? Uh, you got me. I, I, know, I know the Humpty dance. Does that count as a poem? Yeah. I could sing every word of that. Uh, not enough poems talk about getting busy in a Burger King bath. <laughs> But I think Humpty Dumpty is more of a song. Could be wrong. Texture says, it's a limerick, but the man from Nantucket scoots. It's a great poem. There, there What's you the go. difference in a poem and a limerick? Limerick's a type of poem. Huh. Are you familiar with the, there once was a man from Nantucket? I'm not. Well, maybe Google that one. <laughs> is it a good one? Worth a read? It's Dirty Limerick. Dirty Limericks are great. Okay. It's, it's the most famous Dirty Limerick, I think. I'll check it out. I don't think there's a, a close second. There's some good ones that I, I still remember from back in the day, but... Texture says, uh, quote, don't tell me what to do. I'm not going to do it. I don't like that, Scoots. Gil saying, Scoots, you're going you're, you're gonna to watch whatever I say on TV. Also, Scoots, okay, man, no probs. I just live here. <laughs> just messing with you, Scoots. But I can turn on. Uh, we got a secondary TV. I can either watch that or play my PlayStation if, I'm, if I don't care for what he's watching. There you go. 
Texas says, Mike, did you see the KP Mafia shirt that Kevin on Twitter is selling? No. I, I didn't. I didn't. But I, Are we trying to raise funds to pay his buyout? Now I'm curious. Now I kind of want to see it. Texas says, Mike's favorite poem is Toes in the Water, Ass in the Sand. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great poem. Texas is pretty dang our coaching candidate today. No, but, but great. Oh, uh, we great almost forgot. Great reminder. I did forget on Friday. Did I, you forget yesterday? No, we did yesterday. Who was it yesterday? Yesterday was T Forbes uh, nice. from Wake Forest. So here we go. Um, all right. Give me a name, a number, number 40 through 90. I like giving you a name better. Um, 51. 51. Oh, we've already had this one. No, first time repeat? First time repeat. Dang it. Okay, give me another shot. Uh, who was it, by the way? Uh, Fran McCaffrey really wants this oh, job. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, let's go to uh, to 51 on a different set of rankings. Uh, we've already had this one, too. Okay, I need another number. 56. Okay. <laughs> this may be the worst one we've had. <laughs> it's not the worst. It's just, I think this, honestly, is the the least known. He's having a great year. His team is 18 and 5, they're 5 and 3 in their conference. Okay. They just did lose a pretty tough head-to-head battle for first place in their conference. He's been at this program for a long time and I'll say this, has never won fewer than 20 games. Wow. Every single season at this program. He's he arrived there in 2019. He won 20 games there. He's going to win 20 games again this season cuz like I said, they're 18 and, and 5 at the moment. So he's a winner. He's a winner. Proven winner. Iowa native, just like Fran McCaffrey, who's desperate to get this job. Now, he has never won a game in the NCAA tournament, but he has been there twice. Mike Woodson? No. (laughs) Oh, we we picked 56, not 156. Darian DeVries of Drake. Who? Darian DeVries of Drake. He played at Northern Iowa back in the day. He's Valley through and through. He coached as an assistant at Creighton for a long time. He was uh, Greg McDermott's right-hand man up until 2018 and made the jump to Drake. He's been there now for, this is his sixth season, Missouri Valley Coach of the Year back in 2019. He's He's got a good team this year. They're good. They're fully capable of, uh, of winning the Valley in most years. The problem is Indiana State is an absolute animal mm-hmm. right now. Um, and, and, I mean, Indiana State is legit at large bid good if they don't win arch madness uh, at this point unless they fall up a couple of times in february but darren devries he's doing a good job he's ready for a step up though he is the older brother of former uh, nfl defensive end jared devries if you didn't know that he uh with his beard grown out he kind of looks like jeff walls would fit in nicely you think so yeah a little bit by the way my uncle just sent me a man from nantucket Via text. There you go. Pretty good. There you go. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's the most famous one. I feel like I've heard it before. I'm sure you have. Jared DeVries, your coaching candidate of the day from Drake. He's ready for a jump uh, jump up in competition, step up in competition. He wants the Louisville job. Palpable buzz out there that Josh Hurd and Darian DeVries, there's mutual interest going on there. Your coaching candidate of the day, number 22 on the list. Texter says, Rick Barnes also couldn't make it out of the first weekend with Kevin Durant. Hey, I said that. You did say that. Texter says, uh, I know you love March Madness, Mike, but if we were able to have the field of 64 have the same format as college baseball, it would be a huge moneymaker and would make the experience so much better for the bigger programs, God. fan bases, in my opinion. Can you imagine hosting a super regional best of three in the Sweet 16? That would be awesome. It would be. I mean, 
Would you like that more than like a the 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 drama of one game single elimination maybe, tournament? Maybe so. You think? Yeah, maybe so. That's I mean that's the one change that they could do that would maybe rival that. Yeah, I wouldn't be a hundred percent opposed to it. Let me put it that way. Uh, you wouldn't like it? No, I, I like it more the way it is. I mean, I don't think I don't think you can make it better than what it is. But if there was a better suggestion, that would that's up there. I don't hate it. Chris Palmer, I love you, but sending in one story of Melba's culinary canvas moving to Nulu because the owner says he's he's tired of a couple of robberies is not the same as Humana moving to headquarters. <laughs> Texas says getting rid of large teams would create a historically strong bubble. You're damn right. So I've been making this joke for like 20 years about every year people talk about the bubble being historically weak. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the bubble's never strong. It's it's why it's, it's the, bubble. the bubble. yeah. And this year... You've got people out there that are talking about the bubble being incredibly strong. I'm like, it's it's getting thrown in my face now. Actually, I, I, wrote, I wrote a story about it like in 2019 where I went back and found like like people saying the historically weak bubble thing every single year for like the last 10, and just pointing out how like it's it's a ridiculous statement because there's always going to be these middling power conference teams that are on the bubble. And this year, people are like, bubble's actually really strong this year. So, you know, what do I know? Historically strong bubble. It's happening. Texas says, have you heard anything about LNN installing dynamic lighting this offseason? I haven't. I know the fans want it. I know it came up during last season. What does that mean? It's that like the new lighting that they have across where people can use the, you know, the, they can do like the flashing lights. Oh, okay. Touchdowns. Yeah. Silver Creek just built a football stadium that's got that. Yeah. A lot of the new stadiums, yeah. you know, it's like you, you can do kind of the, like, not the LED stuff, but sort of like the, the, the light experience. Kind of like Louisville City Stadium. Yeah. I think what we all yeah. were envisioning was for, for Glow Night. <laughs> which which ended up being a huge bust. Maybe some of that stuff could happen. Texter says, play cowboy. Texture says, all right, that text got me. I'm going to the Troll Pub ASAP. <laughs> Troll Pub's great. Texture says, peruse on over. Are you guys talking about Kenny Payne? Texture says, uh, speaking of Toby Keith, yeah, he was really energetic. Excuse cocaine will do that to you. That's, yeah. Heard those rumors. Mm. I mean, celebrity it's wild look at that picture above that text and just picture what he looked like the last time you saw him it's just I so know. different i know cancer sucks it's terrible it is texas held uh ramus was the only celebrity death that affected me the most the movies he was involved with in the 80s shaped my sense of humor i know a lot of people that were really affected by that one which who, who was that Harold ramus mm, ghostbusters not, not familiar Texas Robin williams was really the death that hit me the hardest i used to watch mork and mindy on nick and knight as a kid and he was my hero Matthew Perry was probably a close second. It's hard to imagine anyone else right now having that kind of impact down the line. It's all about who shaped us during critical or formative years, times in our lives. That's true. Matthew like, Perry, I was at a Halloween party. I mean, for instance, a lot of people would say um, uh, Van and the River guy. Chris Farley. Yeah, a lot of people Chris would Farley say Chris Farley was a big yeah, one for me as a for kid. For sure. I mean, th- there were some that like were just shocking. that like, I, like, I, I wasn't crazy about, like, I didn't have like a a healthy love of like Heath Ledger or Paul Walker or Kobe yeah. Bryant. But like the shock value of those was still like, damn. Like Kobe was, was the most shocking. Kobe was, was I think the most shocking in my life for sure. Um, the, I mean, Matthew Perry was pretty shocking. I, we were at a Halloween party. Wasn't that recent? Yeah, it was, it was in October. So we're at a Halloween party. I didn't realize this at the time and I feel bad about it, but it, it like my wife was having a very serious conversation with, with someone about something very serious 
And I'm like, I, I, I storm over. I'm like, oh my God, Matthew Perry died. I'm, I'm like, try. And like, she, I, I can tell she's like giving me the reaction that I'm expecting at that point. So I, I'm like, Matthew Perry is dead. Like, I keep like hammering it home. And, and I, I later realized why I was not getting the reaction. I felt bad about it. But at the time, I was like, I was stunned. It was, it was a huge, like, that was a, that was a very shocking one for sure. Texas says, according to Facebook, the reason why companies are leaving downtown is due to homelessness, protesters, and liberals. That's, that's your Facebook news. Texas says, have you guys heard uh, Bo B- Burnham's country song called Pandering? Pandering. No, I have not. I haven't either. I enjoy Bo Burnham. Texas says, holy crap, Scoots is more regressive than TK. Absolutely wild. <laughs> Texas says, uh, I thought if the same name came up three times that we were going to push for them to get the job or something like that. Scoots hater. Uh, if Frank McCaffrey gets a third, third pick, he'll be my choice. That's gonna happen. That's that's gonna be a bitter pill to swallow for me, but I'll say it. Texas Troy Gentry really bothered me. Montgomery Gentry is my all-time favorite band. That one hurt. I liked Montgomery my, Montgomery Gentry back in the day. Mm-hmm. I don't Pretty really good. know their individuals. Texas says you know you're gonna melt down when Kelly Kapowski passes. We all will. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen is not allowed to die. We've got all kinds of time. She's fine. She's, if you've seen the pictures, she's in great health. She's good. Texas says Humana is leaving that building because the foundation is sinking. They've had ongoing legal issues with the contractors who built it for years. I work with the Daily. It's not a remote working issue. It will likely become another hotel like the one after renovation to fix the structure that takes place or a total demolition and rebuild. I did not know that. If that's true, that's insane. I hope we get a total demolition. We've never had one of those in Louisville, right? Uh, I went to... The demolition of what, what building? We had, we had a demolition of something, because I went to it, and the like demolition man, like Wesley Snipes, pressed the button for it. Oh, is it the baseball stadium or the old Cardinal Stadium? Um, is that still up? They took that down, right? No, no, no. It, it's still up. It's kind of been like, yeah, it's 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 decrepit. I think part of it has come down, but some of it is still up. What was that? Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Now it's going to drive me crazy. Hmm. Wesley Snipes pressed the button. Because they were doing a Demolition Man thing. I've always wanted to see one of those in person. The videos are also always really cool. The Belknap building in 1993, is that what it was? Yeah. They, they, they had like a whole big thing where it was like countdown to the demolition. They you made were a it, young fellow then. Yeah, they made it a big thing. Yeah, it was like 10. Or I guess 9. Texture says, Scooch should try singing in a small town. <laughs> try that in a small town, Scoots. Mm, that song was okay. I just like saying that line. Why don't you try that in a small town? <laughs> Texas, you have to listen to the Bo Burnham song. It's great and spot on. I will. I enjoy most things Bo Burnham. His special that came out during the pandemic, which maybe like I've forgotten it. Maybe that's was a song that was on that. But I, I really enjoyed it. Texas Old Cardinal is gone. I thought it was still like I thought only part of it was gone. I didn't realize the whole thing came down. But that is sad. Yeah, I don't remember seeing it when I drive by there. That's a pretty solid indication. Texas <laughs> Carl Weathers was a tough one. It was a tough yeah. one. I, Rest easy, Chubbs. One of the weirdest things in my childhood, we drove to Florida for a vacation. And I remember, I, like, it was back in the day, like, so you didn't know these things were happening. Is it, like, you know, it was harder to find news access, especially out of town. And so we drove by Fulton County Stadium in Atlanta. It was like, you could see it right off the highway. And so we drove by it on the way down to Florida. And when we drove back, it was gone. Like, it had been demolished. Like, it, the, the demolition had happened that week when we were on vacation. We had no idea. And so we came back. I'm like, here's the base. I'm like, oh my god, it, 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 did, it did like a rubble. And like, hadn't seen the news or anything like that. It was like just jarring to be like, oh, it was just here. Um, but there you go. Texas, you don't drive on 65 much. Not as much as I used to. No, 
I, I'm never down that area anymore. So I guess I haven't. I guess I just haven't seen it. Um, all right, big X, big bets for tonight. First of all, you've got the Toby, the the, the Toby Keith parlay. Yeah. Give give the people the games. Uh, so it is Oklahoma State plus ten and a half. You've got Oklahoma minus one and a half, and Wyoming plus twenty and a half. There you go. All right, Wyoming and Oklahoma State are Cowboys. Oklahoma was Toby's team, so Boom. roll with them. I've got a couple games that I like tonight. Uh, UNC is a five and a half point home favorite against Clemson. They they do not lose to Clemson at home ever. I think they finally did what a few years ago. It broke like the the lifetime fifty eight game winning streak or whatever it is. Uh, Carolina has been eight. They're eight and one against the spread at home over the last nine games. Clemson has not been that good on the road. I think five and a half is too small. I'm taking the Tar Heels to come. I know it's a desperate game for Clemson. They're trying to bolster that tournament resume. I think Carolina wins and covers. I think they're just better than Clemson. Uh, I also like. Uh, Cover your ears, Sean Moth. I'm not saying they're going to lose, but Boise State always has Colorado State's number. They've been a good road team this season. Colorado State has not been great against the better competition in the Mountain West so far this year. It's a five and a half points spread. I think that's too much. I think Boise State covers the five and a half. And then I'm going to the American with an upset pick. This is actually a battle for first place in the American. Charlotte on the road taking on South Florida. Uh, USF's a two and a half point home favorite. I'm going to say Charlotte covers the two and a half, and I might just take Charlotte money line. I think they're going to get it done. I think they're the better team. I think they prove it tonight. I know USF's having a great year, but give me the Niners. Resurgent, Diego Vera style. So there you go. We've got uh, a couple of top 25 games we can pick tonight. It should be, we actually have a, a decent slate for a Tuesday. Uh, South Carolina and Lamont Paris, who's a certified Louisville coaching candidate. They're hosting Ole Miss and Chris Beard, another coach that a lot of people are paying a lot of attention to around here. SC is a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. It's a 6.30 tip on the SEC Network. Scoots, who you like? I like Ole Miss to cover that number. I don't know that they win the game, but I think they cover the number. I think whoever loses this game, has start, this starts kind of like a fall from grace. I think both these teams, like both coaches have done a hell of a job. Both teams have, have overachieved dramatically. One of the two is going to have a rough February. And I'm going to say whoever loses this game. I'm going to say it's Ole Miss. I think South Carolina wins and covers tonight. Um, but wouldn't be shocked if it went the other way. We've already talked about Clemson, North Carolina a little bit. Iowa State, our guy TJ Otzelberger is TJ the way. They're on the road taking on Texas. Texas, a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. Eight o'clock, Longhorn Network, which still exists, has the TV coverage. Scoots, give me a pick. John Spears System says take Texas. They are at home unranked against a ranked team, so that's where I'm going. Uh, I mean, I picked Iowa State on the road against Baylor over the weekend. They should have won second late. I'm going to say Iowa State gets it done tonight. I know Texas has kind of turned a corner. I think Iowa State's the the real deal, the real-ish deal. Dayton is on the road taking on St. Joe's at, at 8 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. The 18th-ranked Flyers are just a one-and-a-half-point road favorite over a pretty good St. Joe's team. I feel like this is a trap bet. Excuse me, you like. I'm going same thing, St. Joe's. I'm going St. Joe's, too. I yep. hate it. Go Flyers. I didn't realize Kentucky was even playing tonight, but they're on the road taking on Vanderbilt, whatever. <laughs> Man, crap game. They're going to win it. Last one real quick, number 23, Texas Tech on the road taking on number 13, Baylor. Baylor, five-and-a-half-point home favorite. I'll take Baylor here. Baylor wins, Texas Tech covers. There it is. Everyone, enjoy your Tuesday evenings. we got IU basketball against Ohio State coming up in about an hour. The coverage will start next right here on 1450 The Big X. We'll see you guys tomorrow back here at 3. Go Cards. Action, sit a little less talk and a lot more action.